0: And I'm like, we should stop. Okay. Sure. Yo, go on, please. Welcome to the Match Movie Podcast, everyone. What were you guys just saying? Well, let's
1: talk, about, let's talk about news quick about before we, we get to that. Bill and Ted! Bill and Ted got a trailer, yeah. Disgust! I just watched it, and I think it, I'm totally for
2: it. I was just saying how I think it's a little jarring uh, to get past Keanu's most recent roles and see him be funny again although I did see Destination Wedding, and I do think he's funny in that, but, like, there's just something about this that, like, it's just a little jarring, but I also love Alex Winter and yeah. seeing him back up front. I think the last thing I saw him in was Grand Piano with Elijah Wood, and he's still pretty good in that, but I'm a big freaked fan, and I want to see Alex Winter in a movie with Keanu playing Bill and Ted again for sure. It also doesn't look... I, good. Uh, yeah, good.
1: I also just watched it myself with Alex. Uh, alongside and i like watched this i'm like i just want to see keanu just do comedy for like a good 10 years and just see how how funny he could get
2: uh i think he he started out doing a lot more comedy in his career early on yeah just because of all the action but again destination wedding he's killing a lot of those uh snarky remarks in it with uh um the writer
1: yes so there's a so Bill and Ted uh, That's coming out in August Something like that right uh,
2: I did notice I turned it off the moment It went to the credits just to talk
1: to you I think some, sometime in August it's supposed to come out mm-hmm. But uh, There's a couple things we want to talk I do want to talk about um, One happened today and one is coming up um, So I want to first talk About real
0: life for a little bit <laughs> uh... <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, but
0: uh, I went no. from a metal no to like a mo to like a dubstep mode. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I'm gonna like, yeah. talk to my mom.
1: Theaters are, are scheduled to reopen in a couple weeks, I think. Right at fifty percent capacity.
2: I have no idea.
1: I have no idea. I don't. I don't know. I know Minnesota's policy is they're opening on the nineteenth as part of the phased reopening okay what,
2: what are any movies that you're looking forward to seeing
1: no uh, they have, <laughs> well so so um first off uh to to give the, the listeners a thought uh the movie theater i usually go to is the one that uh me alex and chris all worked at and as far as i've heard they don't have any planned movies as of yet um But I'm kind of waiting for them to do kind of that thing that everyone else was talking about that movie theaters are going to do, where they're going to play, like, old movies to get people back in the door slowly. And I kind of want to know... The thing that I've been
2: wanting them to do for years? Wow, that'd be amazing.
1: I know, Um, right? Absolutely. Uh, The, uh... um, First, I want to know if they're going to do it, and then if they're going to do it, what movies are they going to do? Because,
2: uh... I would hope that they would, like... A, a smart thing would be a, a thing that I'm noticing with TV, the, the thing that I'm noticing with TV recently is that there's a lot of like series and franchises that they'll play throughout the day so that yeah. people can stay on that channel. You could do that in theaters like the Marvel movies. You'd be like, okay, folks, 22 movies. We're going to have these many movies for these many days. If you buy tickets, you can go to these movies if you want to or not. But you yeah. can get food, drinks, whatever. It's that's true. a good way to do it. I, I think that will get a lot like... of
1: people back in through the doors, too, which is
3: kind
2: of helpful. Yeah, well, that's the whole reason we're talking about this. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, there's also, like... Just nights themed nights like if you like, um, potter uh, or Star Wars, Wars or
3: whatever or those, yeah.
2: those are franchises, that's what I'm talking about. But like, I'm talking about like getting a little bit more niche. Like, if you like romantic comedies, we're gonna oh, play yeah. all of Meg Ryan's films tonight. If you like, um, uh, Steven Spielberg, we're gonna show nothing but Steven Spielberg movies. Or You're like, gangster, here's or gangster like, gangster like night. West,
1: uh, West Anderson, or like, whatever, yeah,
2: exactly. But then you yeah. can also match those themes to drinks and to the bar <laughs> yeah, and to the yeah, food yeah. And could come in and they could interact. People could like wear costumes. This is the one thing try, I've always try to rebuild wanted.
1: a community. That's but, I think what you're trying to
2: get at. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I don't understand why there are so many. Like Chris, are you back? Yeah. Okay. I don't understand why there's so many racists out there. We're we're real serious. We're real into it. So we're gonna have to like, you're gonna have to like get into this, Chris. Like you walked right into it. So there are so many. Ra- <laughs> Oh, I couldn't do. I couldn't keep doing. Nah, Chris, we're talking about movie theaters. Um, that's the real thing that we're talking about. You scared cat. Yeah. Uh, are you? Are there any movies that you're looking forward to seeing at the theater, Chris? If you didn't just walk out again. Turn it. Yeah, I knew it. Ten, oh, tenant. Tenant. When does that come out? I thought he said, "Damn it!" for a minute. I thought he said, "Damn it too."
0: Tenant. Um, <laughs> when, when does
2: that come out?
0: I, September, August or September, I think. No, no July, July dude, it soon.
1: soon. Um, so I'll really get know. sick
0: and die for that movie.
1: That's um. Oh wow. I'm I'm interested to see that. I actually again to talk a little bit about real life. Uh, I saw Matt on Sunday. No, my, no, I saw him yesterday. I don't know. Just, everything blurs together these days, honestly, and. Yeah. Uh, our my uh, our buddy Matt got furloughed at the movie theater. I found out and I was my mom got furloughed today. Yeah, I kinda told Matt he shouldn't go back, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> but uh I, I um, mean it's still bad because all he
2: knows is movie theaters in terms of career wise. Yeah. So if he could get back into the I guess theater... he's making camp- more
1: on he's making more on uh, unemployment right now than he the movie theater, I, you is- know, I'm not surprised. Well, that's why I told him, I said, dude, you, you really got to get out of there.
2: <laughs> well, dude, when I was, the fact that I'm making as much as I would have made if I started as a manager there after all that time working there, yes. like, that that tells you how much Imagine sucks. Uh,
1: I I actually make more money doing the job I do, and I love my job.
2: Imagine sucks I as an employer. probably actually. make more than
1: some of the <laughs> managers there.
2: Um, yeah, they, it just, start, like, a lot of places it sucks to work there, fine to <laughs> go there. I wish every place was an Alamo type place and every place has ability, even the places near me in the suburbs. And like, you're right. Like, all all film path, all these theaters have to do is play old movies, play to the themes of people. And like, that's your content. It's out there. Like, yeah. There's so many movies out there, people, and it's the thing that they would like, it's one thing to see those movies on TV at home, sure, you could have the biggest TV, you could put a projector in the yard, but it's not a theater, it's not getting drinks and seeing people and having a little bit of time, even if it's 50% capacity, but like, that's the thing, like, you don't have, you can show one or two theater, one or two movies in, a, in theaters on the other side of the theater, and then you can have one or two theaters on the other side aimed at these nights, and be like... We're gonna have a gangster night, so we're gonna show some movies at this time and movies at this time, and people can come out and have drinks. And it'll be small amounts of people, so you can, you know, still social distance and stuff. Like yeah. there are ways that you can work around this and like get the bar involved and get the theater involved. It's yeah. just it's as easy as bringing the fucking DVD of the movie. And I, oh, just, I, I just understood why theaters did it. Never did it before this happened.
1: I don't know, man, uh, but um. So let's move on from that. There's a couple other things I do want to talk about real quick. Uh, one of them has to do, actually, with a franchise uh, that was, I think, is actually kind of important with Mar- with the stuff that's been going on the last few days. Dark it's- Universe.
0: What? Dark Universe.
1: I don't know what that is. Uh, dang it. The Tom Cruise. The Tom Cruise failed mummy world? Uh, no. What, what? No, why? No. What? No. No. Um, <laughs> you no. so befuddled. No, you're so you're so befuddled. Um, no, this has to do with Daniel
0: Radcliffe. Oh, you're talking about? No, um, yeah, you're not going to set it up. The, uh, it's not happening. It's not happening.
1: What? I mean, I mean,
2: it, I do think it's kind of interesting. I think it's. I mean, regardless of what you think about it, I think it's really. It speaks a lot about an author, and it speaks a lot about uh, how people deal with, deal with the people that
0: Oh, I was talking about, what, did you think,
3: right.
0: what did you think he was going to talk about? I thought he was, I totally, listen, okay, I've been deleted over the weekend. <laughs> I have totally missed everything, so, over the weekend, so this is all you guys. What did you think he was going to say? I thought he was going to talk about Harry Potter just so we can land on Harry Potter tonight.
1: No, I was talking about Daniel Radcliffe Actually, J.K. Rowling's kind of a bitch. If
2: there's, if there's anything we've learned about these wheels is that don't talk about what you like.
1: No, I'm just talking about actually shit that happened. <laughs> um. No.
2: Yeah. Yeah. The Rowling has come out and made some transphobic comments, and it's like. It's tainting fans, and so and even Daniel Radcliffe came out with like some questionable stuff. There, rolling you should probably educate yourself a little bit more on a world you don't understand. Later,
1: uh, yeah, that's 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 a thing. Like, um, so.
2: yeah, they weren't they weren't they weren't great, and it's not the first time she's spoken out about it. And it just never it never looks good, especially when you talk about something.
3: Like, right now,
2: like, people demanding rights, it's, uh, it's an iffy yeah. thing to come out there and be like, I think this group of people should get less rights and be looked at, like, less than human. And
0: Dumbledore's it's not gay! Okay, he is. Yeah, he is.
1: But, well, I mean... Here's 100% the, here's my thing gay. About, here's my thing about but that's that. great! That's okay! He's, he can that, be gay! Fine, yeah.
2: But it's also, like, once you understand her transphobic comments and somewhat her gay comments later, you start to realize well, maybe she picked Dumbledore because he's the least sexual and sexualized character in the entire world, so who gives a shit if he's gay? Yeah. We'll never, like, what, she didn't think that they were going to cast Jude Law in movies, and even then, she was the one who wrote them, and, like, she's terrible at writing movies, so who cares? Although Jude Law is Dumbledore every day. Like, fine, he's the Ewan McGregor of that franchise. Whatever, cool. But, like, I, I, when you see that, and then years later she makes comments like, People trying to change their sex minimalizes my ability to talk about being a woman. And it's like, no, it doesn't at all. None of that has anything to do with anything about you talking about being a woman. If anything, that person is doing everything in their power to make their life more complicated, to empathize with the position you are in and were born with. And also it has nothing to fucking do with you. So like... Like to say something about another group, you better have a good point. Other than they affect me on a level that, like, honestly, they don't. So, <laughs> like, shut up. Yeah, just yeah. shut up and make your money. Shut up and uh, like write, write movies and sell your products and don't speak out. Because you've already done it once and it wasn't pretty, and you've done it again at a terrible time. And like now, the biggest star connected to it, the guy who played you Harry Potter, most people is Harry Potter, is saying you should just shut up. So just shut up.
3: Yeah.
1: Um. So the other thing I want to talk about. Alex, you probably know more about this just because
2: if it's math I don't I suck at math.
1: So there's a new Ghibli movie coming out this year and oh, about it. In fact, I can't wait to get to the
2: Ghibli movies now that I have access to them. So
1: first things first, is the movie coming out this year got nominated for top prize at Cannes. It is one of the selections for 20 20 Cannes. It's called. Uh, it's
2: called. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's an inside
1: joke. There. Just... Um,
2: um Speed, when she hits the baby carriage, like she's like, I hit the baby carriage and encounters. It's directed. <laughs>
3: sorry,
2: Jack, Go ahead. It's
1: okay. Uh, it's directed by Gorō Miyazaki. Uh, with a lot of oversight by his father, um, who we all know and love, um,
0: not it not is Richard Barquand.
1: Yeah, clearly, uh, it's called um, *Earwig and the Witch*. It is the original book is written by the same person who wrote uh, *Howl's Moving Castle*. So, it's, oh, yeah. so, uh, so we obviously know the stories probably reasonably well,
2: uh, pretty good. So I don't know his other
1: stories. I know Howl's. I've seen that one. But I yeah, yeah, think yeah. yeah. Uh, Goro Miyazaki did Tale of Princess Kaguya. He did uh, Tales of Earthsea. He did From Up on Poppy Hill, I think. But I don't know what the story is. I, I don't know either. Uh, and honestly, I don't ever really look into that because it doesn't matter. It ruins the fun of those movies. So,
2: um, no, I mean, I've just never gotten just, around to them. Uh, which is why I've kept my head out as opposed to, like, spoiler reasons. But now that they're, now that HBO Max is at my fingertips and they're all there, like, I'm going to do my research before I just stumble into them. And if anything, I think I'm going to prove that I love to do that
1: tonight <laughs> with this movie. <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs>
1: uh, and then I guess uh, next year we're getting... Surprisingly, Hayao Miyazaki didn't retire. He made another movie. Um, apparently, uh, called Hart- just, gonna gonna you, I'm, I'm gonna make
0: a, a sports guy. reference. He's like Conor McGregor retiring for the third time. No, it's really true. No, I'm not kidding. The guy has said he's
1: gonna retire like four times now, and he just keeps making movies. And they're oh, all- get out, out of the game,
0: man. And
1: they're always no. The worst percentage. part about this, Chris, is that they're always great, too. That's the problem. It's not like he's getting worse at making movies. This is a guy who makes uh Smash Bros games, he just like just when he thinks
2: like just when he
0: thinks he's crazy. done. They pull him
1: back
2: in. David Lynch has done it. Soderbergh has done it. Like, no yeah, filmmaker has done so till right. the day they're dead. That is how I look at it. No,
1: like, it's true, dude. So, you gotta
2: understand. So,
1: after Howell's Moving Castle, he said he was going to retire. Then he made Ponyo. Then he said he was going to retire again. And then he made The Wind Rises, which Hell got yes. dominated for a million things. And well, then after thing. The Wind Rises, he said he was retiring again. And now he's making How Do You Live? So, the guy's not done
2: until he's dead. To me, he's one of those people who, like, he's, he's – it's not just this. he either believes, A, and I don't know much about him, either, A, that if you, if you have a story and you got to say it, then he's going to say it, especially well, yeah. now that he's a legend and he has the money and the clout to do whatever he wants. If he wants to tell a story, he's going to tell it. Or B, if he's so intrigued by some sort of like drawing or technique or some technical aspect of filmmaking that he wants to approach. Um, that's usually the other aspect usually the other aspect to it. But like yeah, anyone who says they're done and then keeps going, it's usually because they just don't have the passion in the moment and it'll yes. probably come back to him.
1: Well the guy's seventy nine. And helps
2: help David Lynch made 18 hours of television after saying he was never going to make a movie again I, out of the fucking blue man like John Williams so- no, I get it
1: man dude I, I get it like
2: Soderbergh made a movie on an iPhone thing, like
1: the thing you got to understand though about making animated movies as opposed as and specifically Hayao Miyazaki is that the dude is a perfectionist and he has to do everything himself so every one of those frames he is he's looking at he's doing the, the guy I, I mean I like to talk about how much I like Satoshi Kon, how much attention that guy pays to 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 the screen and to the imagery we and all
2: that. Me Mi- visuals, Miyazaki's more visual and story.
1: Yeah, the dude pays attention to everything and at 79 he's even said at 79 he just he just can't do it anymore.
2: Well, but- hell, I mean George Miller made Mad Max Fury Road at 79. When it's in him. It's in him. They're not, like I said, right. they're not
1: I, I agree. I completely agree. And I think, Alex, it's one of those cases of he says he's done, and then he he kind of goes off. He, he takes a few months off to breathe and relax and be with his wife and his son and whatever, and his grandkids. And then he gets an inspiration because he reads a book or he does something, and he just gets that bug again. He's like, you know what? I, I, could, I, could, I could pull one more. You know what I mean?
2: He's an artist, man. It's it, yeah. it's He's it's done so until funny. he's back. That's how it works.
1: Yeah, he's... He'll be done when he drops dead.
2: <laughs> I'm done till I'm back, and you will like it, cause you're my audience.
1: God, he's such a nice guy, from what I hear too.
2: That's my that's my Miyazaki impression, like the Italian director from Eight and a Half.
1: I could, dude. Like, honestly, like his influences, like he he's talked about them. Like, he's influenced by like everything. I mean. Actual everything. I mean, the dude obviously, like a big part of his influence, like Akira Kurosawa and all that, because what Japanese sure, was, director isn't? Um, well, the thing I would
2: say the most interesting that I find the most interesting about Miyazaki versus other anime or other animated filmmakings that I've seen over time is the thematics behind his stories. And I've only <laughs> seen two and know about two other ones, while the other ones are a lot of uh, a yeah. uh, mystery to me. But well, those also, stories like, and the mechanics he's behind like, them he are, says the he's things time. are the things that impressed me the most about Miyazaki. Yeah.
1: yeah. Well, he's also, like, apparently been influenced by, like, Lewis Carroll, Ronald Dahl, Jean Girard, Paul Grimlock, Ursula K. Lee, like, Akira Kurosawa, because who isn't, you know? These days. Oh, Japan, absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's, well, no, even even Americans, like I can't name almost a single <sighs> action director who isn't influenced by Kira Kurosawa. Trust me, no, Kira Kurosawa among right created the
2: foreign film category in the Oscars. No, I yeah. I agree with what you're saying. I'm talking about like in Japan, of course. Of oh course, no, of course in Japan everyone's
3: influenced. Country, by yeah.
2: And they aren't they aren't that inspired by Western culture, or at least weren't for so long that he was such a huge influence on that culture for sure. But it isn't yeah. just that he was inspired by Kira- Kurosawa. It's, at least when someone says they're inspired by somebody, um, it's not just who they're inspired by, it's how they're inspired by them, person. Yeah. So, like, uh, I'm going to be talking about it tonight with the movies, This is a rolling <laughs> But I was watching a movie today, a, a, com- a comedy yesterday, and there was this girl, they were making fun of her being an artist, and she walks out and she's like, it's so, I'm so proud to have an opening and be in the same world as some of my heroes, like Godar. And uh, all, she just names all these famous artists, and it's like, yeah, everyone's inspired by them to the best. What are you doing? <laughs> why, why are you inspired by them is what's important. So, when I look at Miyazaki's work and I see this sort of depth that Kurosawa would put in there, I'd be like, oh, he probably has reasons behind why he's making that decision rather than just walking out and being like, well, yeah, I, I'm Japanese and I love Kurosawa. What the fuck?
1: Well, I agree, but like, I think he's more influenced by like the work of Lewis Carroll and like, there's little Kay Lee who did Animal Farm. Well, you've so, seen like, more of his work than I have. I think the Lewis Carroll... I think his biggest influence is Lewis Carroll. I, I can 100% guarantee it. And all is I know he,
2: of Lewis Carroll is the movies that I saw based
1: off his book. Lewis Carroll who is best known for the adventures of alice in wonderland right oh wait Amazing. no never.
2: I, yes i actually have never read an alice in wonderland uh
1: you've seen spirit away right yeah like I've al- seen, I've seen almost, almost like one for one same story functionally
2: I don't need to see it then. Cool. Good. It,
1: it, it's fine. What <laughs> I'm trying to get at here, though, is that like oh, but I like it, no,
2: but it's the it's, same thing it's with it's um not
1: mysticism. It's the supernatural. It's to do the weird, crazy, cool designs because it's interesting, and I'm trying to tell an interesting story here. You know?
2: No, oh, yeah. Lynch made Wizard of Oz in a Road movie. Like, if you, it's so, it's okay to wear your inspirations on your sleeve if you're creating your own thing. Again,
3: I'm not talking <laughs> about. <it. laughs>
1: The point that I'm trying to get at is if you see stuff like Howl's Moving Castle even and like Spirited Away and like Princess okay, which are the three best examples. I mean, they're so you look at them, you're like, all right, this is influenced by Lewis Carroll. It's not even a question. Mm-hmm. Just not. It's, it's not a question. It's not anything. It's just I know where this is coming from. I understand the themes that are going off here. I haven't been as I've seen Nausicaa Valley of the Wind. I just think there's a lot of stuff going on with that movie. Uh, I haven't seen Pokorosso, actually, so that's bad on me. And obviously, Ponyo is just a Little Mermaid. I, I I think it's just
2: as important why you're inspired by something. And okay. if you're a good artist, you put it on your work, and you wear it on your work sleeve. So, yeah, yeah. Miyazaki's always been someone interesting to me. The little that I know about him um, is vast. But that little iceberg tip that I do know is incredibly promising and I've, I've just never had access to his films so easily so now that i do like they are on the back burner for sure
1: but,
3: they um,
2: are
1: they are interesting pieces of work who have influenced some of the best including steven spielberg
2: of course anyone like i would think me like me the the run of anime in the last 20 years It's just been insane. Just kids that grew up watching anime on TV that was finally making it to the U.S., Pokemon or whatever. Now they're adults. Now they have kids. Now they respect anime. Now they respect it as, like, the way they respect it in Japan. And And as an art form. As an art form, yes. And, yeah, there are some, like, little weird things that people still view about on a popular level. But, like, it's a big enough niche. In a world full of niches, so it, it's,
1: it's crazy because I think like in the next four or five years, truthfully, we're gonna see like older movies like Paprika and like Miyazaki like really come back in the limelight as these really really deep movies.
2: I think just like Prince, when he dies, there's gonna be an amazing, unbelievable resurgence of his work. Probably, yeah. And he's close. To it. It's the same thing with Lynch or George Miller, like. Or anyone who's that close, like they may still be pumping out stuff, but the moment they're gone, that's usually the time that everyone goes. We need to reevaluate everything from this person's stuff, and I could see him do- I can see people doing that with him at a time where it's adults respecting him that grew up with anime doing it and holding that candle rather than people who know the craft but like not, it's not well enough. Like I couldn't imagine him dying in. early 2000s and it having the impact it would have now
1: no like it's why i think the sadness is is like cone will never be remembered because he died in in the early 2000s functionally before a lot of this really took place
2: yeah i mean artists like him with very small um uh careers and uh very short and very small catalogs uh usually their work should stand out, hopefully. And to be honest, it does with him. I think it really does. And he's inspired a lot of people, and he's always and forever going to be connected to Inception, the same way that the film that inspired Reservoir Dogs will always and forever be connected to it. City of Heat will always be connected to Reservoir Dogs because of its connection, or the killing to Jackie Brown. Like,
3: yeah. once you
2: have a connection to something, it's that tie was, is pretty strong.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like... I, I feel you like have, people aren't going to be able to think about Inception without thinking about RepRika now. It, it's well, just-
2: it's. It's just a. Nice, I don't know if people will know about it. I hope that's the case that people won't be able to think about one without thinking about the other. But I think right now it's like a little. It's a nice little secret passage in this movie. Like you watch this movie and you go to the trivia, or you look up people or a review, and they bring it up, and you're like, "What's this?" And it's like a little doorway that you find in a movie to another movie, and you're like, "Oh, that's great!" And that doorway will always be there now. It's it's yeah. It's gonna be there forever because of Inception, or a, or at least however long Inception and Nolan lasts within the public conscious of cinema, which is going to be forever because, Chris, what are you waiting for soon?
1: (laughs) TENANT! You're just going to, like, say, Chris, what are you waiting for, too? He's going to scream TENANT until it's out. (laughs) Hashtag hashtag
2: big big capital letters TENANT, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. TENANT! TENANT! TENANT!
1: TENANT! Can't wait! (laughs) TENANT! Can't wait! But it's (laughs) lieutenant. Chris, we're going to be using you for, for comedy for a while. Uh,
0: like, <laughs> I'm the uh, landlord. Alex, you're my tenant! I'm in the tree!
2: Turn it. <laughs> uh So, yeah. Um, so, so yes. Yeah. Putting out another movie is not surprising to me, yeah. as he is still alive and still interested and maybe the work with his son is what did de- it was what did it. Maybe he'll be like working with my son on his movie. It just maybe be like I can make a movie too because I'm having a you know I- I'm better than my son. <laughs> Let's be honest. Shit, don't I'm
3: say. <laughs> I'm Hayao Miyazaki. Because
2: I'm Hayo Miyazaki.
3: I'm
2: so Miyazaki. Oh. Wow! Give me some, give me some hookers and blow. I'm Hayao Miyazaki. Bam, 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 that's not him. I'm gonna get the impression down guys. I'll watch I watched a interview with him.
0: Does he speak? <laughs> no, who was the guy that we that got mad that Zach got mad over that we made fun of him last week? I don't remember.
2: Uh, oh um Oh, uh, it was the guy who played the fish man in Shape of Water. Doug Jones. Doug Jones. He got yeah. mad right He got mad about Doug Jones rubbing people's heads which is legit. You can get like <laughs> legit thing to make fun of. Yeah, but. Put yourself out. First of all, he's Doug Jones. You don't give a fuck.
3: But yeah, like
2: he's... you <laughs> people to do it and you're a celebrity. And you know they're going to go on like Reddit or something and be like, who's part of the Reddit binhead?" You know, had their head rubbed by Doug Jones? <laughs> be I'm, a lot of people who you know, I'm be not, like, I, hey, it, it wouldn't
1: surprise me like if there was a when subreddit for that. It would not surprise me.
2: He's got a sense of, you can't ask people to do that, be famous, be in Oscar winning movies, and then not, you know, not take the, the bat on the chin of someone making fun of it.
3: Yeah.
2: I would still let him fucking do it. I mean, not during a pandemic. Yeah. I'd let him wear, let him wear gloves. But like, there's something <laughs> creepy about it. That's consent. He's asking consent.
1: Yeah.
2: Unless he didn't.
1: Did he? I don't know. I don't
2: know. You do know. You let him rub your head.
1: Well, yeah, he just.
2: So, yeah, answer the question,
1: dude. Yeah, yeah, there's consent.
3: <laughs> hey. Like were to... all right. <laughs> yeah. hey. Anyways, uh, so... a anyway. Okay. Anyways. So,
0: anyway.
1: So, back to Willow.
3: Um... <laughs> <laughs> back to Willow. <laughs> back to Willow. Uh.
2: Anyway, uh, anybody have any news? Any more news? There, there was,
1: there is some news we haven't talked about. Uh, you got me. Sunday was my birthday.
0: Yeah. Happy birthday!
2: birthday. <laughs> how, how old are you? Dude? How old you is, dude?
1: Twenty-seven.
0: <laughs> nice. That is a good.
2: That is a grand old age, and luckily you are not a uh, musician. I you
0: were twenty-seven like three years ago. Nope. Dang it. I'm losing track of time. Oh dude, he was he was much younger than that years he ago. I'm going backwards. Chris, when
1: you knew me, I was twenty two. Ah. Yeah. Huh. Whatever.
2: See, I'm just happy you're not a musician in the sixties at twenty seven. You're gonna do fine.
1: Oh, I would've, I would have fucking died. <laughs> but that's the point. You'd be popular you'd be dead. Yeah, I can't now you're
2: unpopular in the, in the 2020s, so you're good.
1: Yay! Nice. <laughs> uh, what did you do on your birthday? Uh, nothing, cause I had to work the day before. What did you do nice. for your
2: birthday?
1: Uh, I woke up, I ran errands, and then I went to dinner with my mom, and my sister.
0: Oh, uh, is-
2: I wish I could do that.
1: Um, I'm. Twenty-seven. I don't really
2: do anything. Oh, with that wasn't it. I meant it more in the sense that we're in the middle of a pandemic, and uh, that is why I'm like, I wish I could have dinner with. Because I didn't get to do anything on my birthday uh, with my family. Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: also, restaurants are opening up tomorrow. Uh,
2: yeah. I don't know. I mean, all of this I would be more cool with if we didn't have massive protests that happened a little bit ago. So. That's well, why I'm a, supposedly.
1: The states kind of looked into like the reports and a bunch of, and they had a whole ton of people get tested. They all came back negative, so it it didn't change the timeline. Seemingly,
2: uh, let's hope. I haven't done the research. I've been working way too much and trying to watch all this stuff for the podcast.
1: Same here, Uh, with the exception of the podcast thing. Yeah, Chris, I (laughs) I was a bad boy this week. What? I was a bad boy this week.
0: Oh, you're, always, you're always a bad boy.
1: No, What's but I was an extra bad boy this week. You did not watch the movie again. No. But I had actually a reasonable excuse this time.
2: <laughs> it was just your birthday at work. You had plenty of time and seven days to watch a two-hour movie.
1: So, Two and a half. I want to point out I literally was working from like 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. from Monday to To Saturday, you were telling me you haven't haven't
2: watched any, and I even told you today. I have not.
1: I have actually not watched anything.
2: I I do do not believe that at all. Period. (laughs)
3: That's that's
2: okay. You had the balls to say it, and I applaud that. But um, why didn't you do what I suggested earlier and watch the movie on mute while you were doing work? Just that way, you could have looked at it and just been in the vibe of it.
1: I completely forgot. I thought you meant during the podcast. So. so that's what i'm doing right
2: now <laughs> okay <laughs> okay
1: i'm not gonna lie <laughs> uh
2: again Great. don't believe you applaud the balls anyway um <laughs>
0: wow thanks alex I'm <laughs> glad glad here. The ball.
2: hey it's your it's your birthday man i love you no worries uh chris uh what what did you watch anything interesting this week
0: um my mom is currently uh binge watching ncis wow uh, which one um, the main one. Uh, and I forgot how much I like that show. So
2: It's funnier than the other cra-
0: murder shows. Yeah, it's got much more of a charisma to it. Um, yeah. Your Ch- charm, whichever the word is.
2: No, I'm just saying, like, out of all the shows, and I don't watch those shows, especially the CB1, CBS ones that much... That would be what I would use that word for. Yeah, charisma. I guess is the thing they're going for. Yeah, others don't even try. Right. Like, see, like SVU knows what it is. It's a show about yeah. rape. It yeah. knows that. They know in New York, so it's like they're not fucking around. <laughs> uh, CSI, they're super serious, but they don't necessarily need to be. I haven't seen NCIS Los Angeles, or
0: how good it's it's. It's, like, they crank the charisma up a little bit more, which I'm like, nah, I don't need this. Like, I like how the main one, like, is balanced, as all things should be.
1: Everything's enough. As a
0: trouble pass
1: with
2: cast, but it is a show that's been around a long time.
0: Mm, Yeah. Anyway.
2: Yeah. Um, Let's see, what did I watch? Um uh let's see let's see hmm. what did <laughs> i'm trying to think what's wor- what did i watch that's worthy of talking about um <laughs> so so i watched-,
3: watched
2: i watched two movies yesterday for example and i'm trying to like one of them starred ty sheridan it was about a guy with asterisks who worked at a hotel but is also voyeuristic as hell and just like videotapes everyone so they a, learn how to like socialize with people, like how he should really handle a conversation. He watches them, he like has the you conversation back. Yeah. Okay. Um, I liked him. I liked moments in the movie and it sucked us in, but it totally shits the bed at the end. And I hated that. Really hated that. <laughs>
3: um
2: we watched something else, uh, what was it? Um, session, session 9. It was from 2001. Yeah, and it starred, um, ironically enough, talking about CSI, it starred um, Richard, no, the red-haired guy from CSI Miami, uh, Caruso, David Caruso, and one of the guys from CSI. He's kind of bigger because of a buzz cut. And uh, also Josh Lucas. And it's basically The Shining, but set in a mental institution. And it was all right. It was interesting. Like it was, it was The Shining in a mental institution. Uh, yeah, just it was filled with more men. That's all. Uh, <laughs> they, they had their moments. That was pretty much it. Um, but at the last moment, right before. Like before, like la- like after watching those two movies, I, my roommates went to bed, and I came in my room, and I had a day off today, and I was not so tired yet. I was like, I need to, I need to watch Independence Day, but I I don't want to just watch Independence Day, so I ended up spending like the last since like last night, I've watched five Roland Emmerich movies. Oh no! Yeah.
0: Oh no!
2: i couldn't watch all of them because two of them were unavailable for free. But I've watched. I've been able to watch a lot of his movies for free, um, which was fun. Um, they were all. I, I I watched all the movies that led to him making this, and left all the ones after this alone. I just wanted to watch him leading to Independence Day. What Dang led it. to Independence Day? But no, I've seen a lot of his last his, his, like ones afterwards. That it's like I could probably mention them well
0: enough. Go. Tell oh, us I- what led to Independence Day. Okay. Take us on a journey, Alex. So Roland Emmerich
2: is from Germany. He um, first got into school making a, like a couple of short films, but he already showed promise right off the bat. And he was he produced the most expensive student film that has ever been produced in Germany at the time. It was his first feature. It was called the Noah Noah's Ark principle, <clears throat> and it did really well in, in, in Germany. In fact, it was it did really well in other countries. It's um, uh, it's basically it, it's um 2001 mixed with um a few other things. Uh, visually and stylistically, it's uh, 2001 and Alien. 2001 Alien and Aliens. Those three things specifically. The story is really convoluted, but I've, it saves itself in the last half an hour, I think, with the third act. And I watched that one. And then I watched the second film, which was called Making Contact, which was bananas bonkers. <laughs> oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> Look at my popcorn. Have- what? Minute, i could not go one minute watching this movie without asking a question out loud <laughs> what movie making contact it was that shit insane i loved it <laughs> i don't think i'm gonna watch it again for a long time whereas, wait uh, uh, contact making contact yeah i don't uh, think Met- emmerich made that movie Oh, dude! I, dude, Roland Emmerich made the movie "Making Contact." Look at Roland Emmerich's uh, filmography on IMDb. It's called "Making Contact." Um, you mean,
1: it's called "Joey." It's
2: both, but if you look on IMDb, it should be called "Making Contact." Mm-hmm. But yes, in the in the home country, of yep. it was
3: called. That's
2: um. uh, so. Uh, <laughs> this movie is about. It's basically E.T. It starts out as like E.T. No, it starts out as like Firestarter, then turns into E.T., then turns into Poltergeist, then turns into a Stephen King story. It, It's crazy. And it just, I, I cannot explain how bonkers this story is. Every decision is so crazy. It's so wrong. So many things are left unanswered and unquestioned. I just don't. I I can't even. It, it was it blew my it blew my mind, um. But it was beautiful, and it was very it very much looked like a Steven Spielberg movie. And I thought, you know what, Roland Emmerich can crypt styles real well. Uh, he, he's basically taking from movies and doesn't give a shit what the story is, and is taking the styles verbatim though. And his movies look great. Like making content looks like a Spielberg movie. It has a lot of like creepy imagery in it that I really love. But it just didn't make any damn sense. It's so out there. And then he made two other movies after that that I couldn't see. One was a, like a I guess it's about a Hollywood ghost that needs
1: It's called Ghost filmmakers. Chase, I think. I'm looking at his IMDb. So. Yeah,
2: yeah. Ghost Chase, it's about two fame- two, fame- two, fame- two filmmakers who pale, two filmmakers. Who pair with a ghost to do something? I don't know what. I couldn't find it. And then um, Moon was... Forty Four. I'm sorry. Moon Forty Four. That I did see about thirty minutes of, and this is where things got interesting because time was tight. Um, this is where Roland Emmerich uh, was starting to hit like a thing in Hollywood. Like he he had produced his most of his movies with English dialogue so that it could get nationwide by the time he made those chasers he was making it with an american cast then moon 44 happened and it's it, it, it it's a b movie for sure so basically what hollywood has seen is they're like you're really good with set design and sci-fi stuff and making t- and like like getting a like style down based off of whatever story they're telling but you know you your stories aren't strong, so we're gonna put you in the B movie genre. So they put him there with a bunch of actors that would like later be in like Jean Claude Van and stuff, and like a lot of directed DVD movies for sure. And that's where he was heading. Um, one thing I want to focus on too is he he wanted to be a sculptor when he. Uh, was getting, before he got in filmmaking, he wanted, to, he wanted to be a painter and he wanted to be a sculptor. And that led him to a lot of what he would work on as he worked on sci-fi stuff. And Moon 44 started it. As he made the movie, he casted two very specific people. A guy named Michael Perry, who did a lot of 80s movies where he was just the tough guy. And another guy named Dean Devlin. Or Devlin. Devlin, I Devlin thank you. So Dean Devlin, and Devlin is cast as the wisecracking sidekick to Perry as they do this sci-fi thing together. And I'm watching and I'm like, this kid's kind of good. Who is he? And I'm like, Dean Devlin. Holy crap. Dean Devlin is Roland Emmick's most important partner in movies altogether, period. They aren't working together anymore, really. But this is where things get started. He meets him as an actor and he's like, okay, what do you do? And he's like, I write too. So they go to the studio and they start working on a project that fails. And when the project fails, they go, all right, guys, we're not going to make the movie that you want to make. But how about you finish our Universal Soldier for us? You fired the director. He's not working well with us. How about you finish writing it and you directed Roland Emmerich? And they do. And they start picking up themes that would happen in all the movies. Like, for example, there's always a character in Roland Emmerich that smokes. Don't know why. Uh, like legit there's somebody who always smokes um they start to it again crips movies basically universal soldier is a mix between terminator and um god robocop and but it's also really fun it's genuinely interesting and it succeeds by set pieces and you start to realize that like devlin and uh roland emmerich they mesh well together in terms of executing set pieces Devlin knows how to make, build a story to a point. And Roland Emmerich doesn't, matter, doesn't care what the story is, but he knows what the big moments are. He knows how to make you feel that way. So they decide with the success of Universal Soldiers that they were going to go off and work on something else. So they make Stargate, which is a surprising hit in 1994. And I'm thinking, okay, so these guys finally got together and they made a movie on their own. Well, no. They, uh, it turns out the studio got the idea in 1984 from some dude who submitted it, didn't really follow through on it, and the studio held on to it, and then gave it to Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin. They wrote the script in four weeks and then sold it by Monday that weekend. So yeah, the studio knew what the hell they were doing. Gave it to the the idea and they went, okay, we can make an entire style and story out of this with scope and scale. And they were like, cool. And they were like, okay. So Stargate is the one that I watched after um, Moon forty four, about a half an hour of Moon 44. And like it holds up. Stargate's not bad. A lot of the special effects are really interesting. A lot of the moments work. It certainly helps to have James Spader and Kurt Russell in your movie, but the sand looks beautiful. The the designs of the spaceships are so elaborate and so specific. And it's all about the set pieces. You have all these other soldiers that could have arcs and stories, but they don't give it to them. They could have voices given to these side characters of the natives, but they don't. They give them arcs, but they can't really speak. They're just sort Mm -hmm. of like pantomiming the whole time and you start to realize by the end of the movie that you don't know a lot about any of these people except and even then you didn't know much about him before the movie started but i still was absolutely happy as hell when the rebellion was over and the aliens were dead i was like thank you yeah that movie was great applaud uh uh, 110 that was a great feel-good time and i was like independence day is next and i'm legit excited for it And I started noticing more and more things about it. I was like, every single one of his films, you begin like you're in the middle of the movie already. Every single one of them act like you just started. And you are like, you need to do catch up. Or at the very least, the energy of that moment and what you're supposed to be catching up on, that's that's all you need. So it's like if you were in the middle of a, like you were driving on the highway and you ran into the middle of a race and you're like, I'm in the middle of this race. I'm going to win it. Fuck it. Let's go. Like, that's how his movies have seemed to fail. And I'm really excited to go from one to the other. So Independence Day, unlike Stargate, actually has the moment of its creation by these two guys on film. They were doing press for Stargate and. someone was asking him about aliens, and they were like, what do you think about aliens? And he was like, I don't know, man, maybe they exist, maybe they don't, whatever. And then he looked at the reporter, he's like, how would you react? How would you react if a a 15-mile spaceship showed up hovering above a city? (laughs) wow! And then he looked at Dean, and he was like, I think we got our next fucking movie, man. And they did, immediately. And that was Independence Day, the birth of it. Here's where things get really interesting, and this is where I think they succeed together as a pair. They worked on several movies before they got to this point. So they honed their talent and what they like, their collaboration and how they spoke to each other was really good. Also, Dean Devlin was the second unit director. So the two people who understand this idea more than anyone else are the two people behind the camera the most. And then also, um, there, there are more models and more miniatures in this film than there has ever been in any film ever, and because of CGI, there probably ever will be. It holds the record, Dennis. And a guy who went in, the guy who started in painting and sculpting, that makes sense. It makes sense that it's his, the specific work to detail and modeling is what makes that movie work so realistically and feel the way it does in the era that it did. And honestly, I think when he's working with the best person he's ever worked with after years of working with him, finally at the top of his game working with miniatures and understanding his rhythm as a filmmaker this is the best he was ever going to be he was I never going to be it's kind of
1: interesting cuz this is like right when will smith was trying to break into hollywood like he had done tv for a long time he had done his music for a while and now he was like actually trying to do his like first major action movie well I, that's not like true. bad boys had already happened don't get me wrong but like
0: well i I think he's getting to it. Well, here's the thing.
1: Um, another thing about
2: Roland Emmerich is Roland Emmerich is gay and has been one of the most and first openly gay filmmakers throughout his life. That movie. I did not know. Yes. In fact, watching his movies now, it makes all the more sense. Like, you start to realize, yeah, there's a lot of, like, guys who wear almost nothing in some of his early work. The children <laughs> in Stargate are basically naked except for loincloth. Um and the other side characters, the natives, there's a lot of leg that's showing um, in there for sure. The, the, and, but he there's a movie that um, Will Smith did called Six Degrees of Separation, where he played a gay man. And it's actually a pretty sort of upper class waspy movie that, of course, Roland Emmerich would have seen. That is why he cast Will Smith, not because of bad boys, because he was filming. This, by the time that he was promoting Bad Boys, he had already set up Bad Boys. That wasn't even going to be seen for Roland Emmerich. He saw the movie where he played a gay character and was like, I like that guy. I want that guy. He hadn't even seen his TV work. So if it wasn't for the things that he was in preference to and the things that he was pushing as a gay filmmaker, he never would have seen this film starring an actor promoting a gay character. and would have been like, that guy's the lead of my movie. Because originally they wanted Eddie Murphy
1: they
0: were like, no. Oh, no. That was out of work. I can't see that. Well,
1: Eddie Murphy's done some some dramatic stuff. I actually... Oh,
0: no. This movie specifically, I can't see him doing.
1: How? Let me ask you this. Have you seen 48 Hours
2: or Beverly Hills Cop movies? I've seen a Beverly Hills Cop. I can't tell you which one. Okay, so then you need to watch more early Eddie Murphy to be like,
0: to really say that. I could actually see...
1: It's crazy. The Eddie There's Murphy, that probably, the Eddie I, Murphy I know, Eddie Murphy
0: that. the Eddie Murphy that I've come to know,
1: is the comedy. I can't
0: see in this role. Yeah, is the Family as, Guy, right? You as, a, a, yeah,
1: you see him as a comedian. I get
0: it. Like, he was an action guy before then. He's at the same stuff. time, though, at the same yeah. time, like, I can imagine like somebody watching Fresh Prince and being like, Will Smith in this role? No way. Yeah, I this agree. The, but he's
2: so fantastic in this though. This is like, this will go down as one of the best things he ever did. It's a star making performance, but also he's pretty amazing in it. There's so many like memorable moments that he's in, that he is captivating in, that he is driving through his charm. Like it's like, I, I he's lost some of that nowadays and I don't know why he doesn't play these roles as much as he should. I haven't seen Aladdin yet, but that's probably the last time he ever played that kind of role. Uh, before them was um, Deadshot in a movie that was never going to succeed, and honestly, he's probably kicking himself now. He's like, I could be in a movie with James Gunn in a DCU that's starting to fix itself now. Everyone's coming back. I should totally come back.
0: I could have done so, could have done a bad movie with a, at least my friends.
2: I could have shown up in a movie. movie I women. did. Dang it. I shown up in a movie filled with hot women. You know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he's got an entire
2: female audience to Birds of Prey if he was in it. Like, why not? So, I, I, he's, yeah, he's his choices these days are gone. But like, that's the great thing about looking at an actor and seeing their period. Like, this was the Wild Wild West, Men in Black period. Like, he was pumping out great stuff. Bad Boys. Like, he, he was great. It's, it's, and this is on film. Like, he, it, he is a main reason why this film works. But this film works the way it does because of Devlin and. Um, Roland Emmerich, who I, sadly, would make Godzilla next. (laughs) That would be the last time that they would work together for the longest period of time. And the thing that I think is the problem there is A, the script was not not completed until, like, months before production on a CGI-heavy movie. B, he's not... Although it looks like Independence Day has a lot of CGI in it, it really doesn't. It's a miniature-based movie, and this guy, although he knows miniatures and, like, buildings and stuff, it, it didn't really work in that movie very well when you have this CGI thing running around that looks terrible, especially at the end with the raptors. B None of the human characters are interesting or fun. It just sucks. That just sucks. It's terribly written, and that's because the script was written so late. Didn't have time to develop anyone, and none of no time to develop the jokes either. Um, I, I just don't think anything about how that movie was supposed to be produced at that time the way they expected from those filmmakers was ever going to work. And they decided to go separate ways. And then Emmerich would go on to make uh, The Day After Tomorrow without him another catastrophe world, mil- uh, world catastrophe movie that would become a big thing and a big trend after this, uh, Independence Day, uh, without Dean. And I actually think it's the weakest of the ones that they've made. And I don't think they would come back together and come back okay. to this genre until 2012. With Dean Devlin, but 2012 also has six other people writing it with him.
1: Uh, Dean Devlin did not write 2012, actually.
2: Uh, okay. Uh,
1: how the many next people time wrote, wrote it? he wrote, the next movie he wrote after finishing Godzilla was 2016's Independence State Resurgence. Ha ha ha! That
2: much I've forgotten about that movie. That I literally forgot about it in this. I thought it was 2012 that they got together on it. Damn. Nope. No, I don't remember no, a fairness, thing about. He, like,
1: he was the producer on a lot of Emmerich's films between then,
2: including,
1: yeah, including I mean, Eight Legged Freaks, which is like one of my favorites.
2: But again, they produced that. They didn't really take a hand in making it, which is great. Roland Emmerich having faith in other people, but Emmerich would go on to make like. Uh, try and dance in other genres, like with Anonymous, with that whole William Shakespeare thing. Regardless of whether you take it seriously or not, I just don't think it's a good movie. Um, I, I don't think um I don't think one. 10,000 BC is very good at all.
0: I think he's kept one.
2: I don't. I think White House Sound is okay as an action movie. Everyone, everyone kind of knows why they're like why um, Angel has fallen and all that stuff. Like three movies there. They stab people in the heads in most movies. But- to say it. Uh, And uh, he made recently Midway. So oh right,
1: Midway. Midway. uh, uh, Or Roland Emmerich. Devlin would go on
2: to produce and direct as well. The only film he's directed so far has been Geostorm. (coughs) I think pretty damn fun. Uh, It's stupid saw get out, but it's fun. Yeah.
1: Uh, And then he did Bad Samaritan. I think that was after that.
2: Um I don't really I don't think I watched that one either. David a, Alex,
0: you skipped one. You skipped one. Which one did I miss? Okay. So he didn't Dean Devlin didn't write it, but he did work with Roland Emmerich on the Patriot. As a yeah. as a producer.
1: Yeah, I, I, well, yeah, I producer like
2: what he of, <laughs> of course they were producing they would help each other's and produce each other's work for a while, but like as a writer-director team, as, like, people nice. on set every day, like, the overseers of a vision of something, the, they work together. It's like it's like Lucas and Spielberg. There's a difference between them producing each other's work left and right, but, like, when they really, truly get together and are the ones making decisions and the ones, like, having fun on set, different story. Like, this was the movie that, that was wholly and originally theirs, from a guy who built his entire career stealing from other people's stylistic directorial decisions. He is the anti-Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino steals moments from people. And he steals, like, styles sometimes. But he writes his own stories and builds his own characters. Because this guy just, like, who's eating candy?
1: That's me, sorry. A okay, snack. just checking.
2: Uh, <laughs> and then, like, mm-hmm. I I it, this guy just, his stories suck. So although he understands visuals very well, like his stories are just terrible. So he needs the bare minimum. Like if this guy made Twister, I would have, I would have been unshaken. I would have been like, okay, yeah, Roland Emmerich totally made Twister. Because that movie's dumb as rocks, but it does not let down the pace. But this movie works on all cylinders. Like Independence Day has a 3X structure that's perfect. Everything is working here in terms of it just like of what they've built to that point. I don't know if I'd have felt that way. If I'd have just watched Independence Day, I think it would have been like, yeah, this movie's great. It's a great summer movie, and I really enjoy it, and I'm nostalgic as hell. But watching these guys build to this point of making the most original, perfect thing from two guys who did nothing but steal from other people, I I, I love it. <laughs> it's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's great. It's a great time. It makes me cry at the end because and I and then ru- they
1: ruin it. Two years later,
2: and then don't talk the- about that. I think the producers of Godzilla fucked them over. They never had the chance and they didn't have the technical um, craftsmanship that they had with everything else to make Godzilla. On top of it, they had fans. I think the other the biggest thing is they had the Joker effect, which is that their Godzilla looked stupid and that didn't help at all either. But there were so many things running against them in that movie that they got jaded by. And he has since then been like, yeah, Godzilla sucks. And I'm sorry. Super sorry, guys. That movie's shit. And he continues to make the things that he wants to make. And I feel really bad because the lack, of Dean, the lack of Dean Devlin and him individually honing the focus of the sequel of Independence Day, it shows. I don't remember a damn thing about that. And I have no desire to watch it after this movie. And I've seen it. I've seen it and talked to, about it for three hours with you two guys. I have no, I, the only thing I remember about that movie, and there's a giant uh, alien in the desert, I don't remember that. I remember the scene where the kid walks up to the president's room and he sees his dad on the wall and he's like, yeah, it's my dad, he's dead. That's all I remember. <laughs> I don't know why, really but that's all I remember. <laughs> and, and I mean, there's some things that they would learn from this movie that I think other, pe- other people learned improperly from this movie, too, which is people looked at this and went, oh, CGI. Be- movies need more CGI. And, like, no, this was done by people who know models more than anything else. And then you look at this and you're like, they learned something wrong because Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum are so good at improvisation and Judd Hirsch, too, that they wrote most of their scenes there- themselves. And Harry Connor Jr., too. They, they just were funny enough people that they could pull it off, and everything was pumping like an, on equal cylinders that like, everyone was on the same page. But it would hurt movies like Godzilla, when they're like, we don't have a script, let's just have everybody improv and they're like, we don't have a Will Smith.
3: No. In a Matthew movie with
2: Broderick. Matthew Broderick. <laughs> I, I love Matthew Broderick and he's charming, but he delivers lines. He's not like the best improviser from what I can tell. Like His work isn't known for being a strong improviser. Uh, not certainly not since Ferris Bueller I would think um, yeah he just there's a lack of energy from Broderick in, in Godzilla that I think has to do with the fact that he doesn't know who the fuck he is and he doesn't know what the script is supposed to be and he doesn't even know what this monster looks like so I mean honestly
1: to God, like Toho hated Godzilla so much that they literally took the Godzilla character and they killed it in the very next Godzilla movie yeah, yeah. they don't even call it Godzilla they call it Zilla yeah it's not even God status.
3: God. I mean, it's
1: in the movies,
2: but it's not considered a Godzilla. It's considered something to be kicked
0: ass a normal, uh, A normal, average Zilla. Uh,
2: just a Zilla. Uh, <laughs> so, like, I I I, um, I I feel bad for Roland Emmerich to a certain degree in Dean Devlin. I wish their partnership had kept going down that route, and they didn't they weren't viewed as the guys who were the natural disaster world ending people, but the, instead viewed as people who understood sci-fi genre more than anything else and could make a good action movie they were set piece filmmakers independence day is like perfect set. They're th- they are like three action structures built by each section having two set pieces and either it's a, a character set piece that leads to an action set piece or those two action set pieces or whatever, but that's what their goal is. They connect the tissue by step piece by step piece. And they lost that somehow. And people were like, oh, you make Day After Tomorrow in 2020 and 2012 movies. But well, we have the core and Deep Impact and Armageddon coming. So you're good, guys. Like, thanks. We've got our own coming. Your Godzilla sucked. So whatever. And maybe in the back of their minds, they're like, yeah, I guess that's all we make. So, you know, I'll go my separate ways. But really, no, that's what they, they were totally something else. And I wish they would like had seen the same page and maybe Devlin is the one who's like, I'll keep wanting to make, I want, you know, with Geostorm is like, I want to make more CGI heavy stuff. That, that seems fun to me, but like Geostorm is again, set piece driven. And that's kind of why I like it. Like every time something happens and it's fun, we have a breather, but then you come back and you're like, Oh, this is stupid and dumb. I'm going to keep watching. Like, I just wish they kind of understood that about each other, because the the more they separated, the more the less interesting into one of them got. I feel like, but uh, but like they they weren't original until then. It took years copying other people until they finally got original, which is amazing to me. <laughs> that's the business of Hollywood. That's fan- that's fantastically hilarious to me. Okay, what about you, Chris. What about you, Chris? This movie's freaking perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not surprised, but I am. I'm not surprised you said that.
0: This might be okay. We've seen a we've seen a few, like, um, '90s movie '90s action movies on this show, right? Like, what? Yeah. Face Off, Speed. Speed. Um, oh, man. Uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, man. Die Hard. Die Hard. And it's an 80s movie. Sadly. It's
1: the late 80s, early 90s. doesn't count it's if it's a, late 80s. It's 87. Anyway. That is not...
2: I wouldn't say that's late 90s. It's late... It's, I mean, early 90s. That's certainly <laughs> late 80s. No, but the action... Like, Terminator 2 or um, yeah. Con Air. Like, so.
0: 90s action movies. This might be my personal favorite. Like... Like, Speed and Face-Off are both, like, awesome in their own way. But, like, this... Like, I remember... I think you said this last week, Alex. This movie's, like, smarter than people remember it being.
3: Nah,
0: for, like, a... I mean, for, like, a... It, do, okay, here's what I'm going to say.
3: That's
0: smarter. okay. Okay. Um, to me, I think this movie is, like, I think it's more than a dumb 90s blockbuster that people are saying that it is. I think it's a little more than that. Um. Well, look, I, here's the thing. When people
2: say that there's, like, depth to something, it's, there's either two ways you can look at it. Either how it was made... Or what it's saying thematically. I don't think this film is trying to say anything thematically no, outside no, of how no. would feel if a 15 mile spaceship was above your city. And then this, the craftsmanship and the beauty and the smart aspect of this film is how they made that happen and look so good and move so well at such a great pace. That is the craftsmanship of the movie. And that's the stuff that nobody really ever talks about when it comes to this. They look at the story and like it's dumb. And it's like, well, it is dumb, but everything that's there to propel it to make you feel like it doesn't matter. It's fun. It's like it, it, it uh. Yeah. It, it's like if it, I don't need a lot from my lyrics to music sometimes if the music is amazing. If the music is doing all the heavy lifting. It's like it doesn't start getting
3: uh. music. But, <laughs> I
2: the, the composer, composer of the Stargate and this and Godzilla that would go on to be a normal composer was just a normal video store clerk. Roland Emmerich and Dean Devlin had faith in this guy's ability to do music. And then when they said, here, make a couple tracks, and he did, and they sent it over, they're like, you're the guy. And, he, and Stargate has a score that has been used in so many trailers, it's ridiculous. And this score won a Grammy. So, like Roland Emmerich knows talent. He knows what he wants when he sees a vision. He, he got James Spader into Stargate because of his passion for the idea, which wasn't his in the first place. But still, his passion for it is what drove him into what he thought would be an, an exciting movie, regardless of how dumb it was. James Spader was like, it was one of the dumbest scripts I've ever read. But I did it because Emmerich was passionate about it. And that passion hopefully would translate onto film, which I think does.
0: But no, the story isn't smart. Okay, so okay. 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 So I'm not different. saying. Okay. I'm not saying the story is smart, okay? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is... I really like these characters outside of how the actors portray them. Like, how they're written genuinely impresses me. Is what I'm saying. Um... Like... And... (laughs) It's funny because the character I'm most impressed with is the one that wasn't played the best. <laughs> That's Bill Pullman as President Whitmore. Uh, <laughs> um, it's, this is, when we talk about The Dark Knight eventually, this is like, what's gonna happen? It's like, everybody, you guys are gonna be all over like about how Heath Ledger just steals this movie and makes it, steals the movie and makes it like as good as it's like, um, what's the word? As it is um, hallowed to be. But like, to me, I, I, I see more it. than Heath Ledger, though. I'm a um, But in,
2: in this case, started. I, I think this case is amazing.
3: But
0: yeah, right? in this case, like, I guess I just, I really. Like how he, I really like how President Whitmore is written, not necessarily portrayed. Um, because I don't think Bill Pullman gives the character as much as it deserves. Personally, Uh, (laughs) Kevin Spacey. Who do you want? Right. I was like, I was thinking, like, who else could play this role? I was just like,
2: legit. It was either him or Kevin Spacey. 'Cause Dean really? Depplin, used to go to school. He's a childhood friend of Kevin Spacey. Ooh. Kevin oh! you get a great
3: performance Ooh.
2: or more you get or you get Bill Pullman and you get kind of a good performance and no rich. Ooh.
0: Kevin Spacey. That would not have worked in hindsight. Um I think it would like, Kevin I'll, I'll, I'll get to why. I'll get to like who I was thinking of else later if they could have gotten anybody else um bill smith is the pilot and the president (laughs) funny you should say that later though but um but like i just like how like he is of course the president and he's like he was like apparently elected in a landslide but now his popularity is waning and now, aliens. <laughs> well, it's waning because they think he's a pussy. True. But, um,
2: them, The movie kind of angles it. They're like, that he's a guy, that he's the kid from Oliver asking for more food, nicely. Yeah. like, you're being a wuss. The country hates you because you're being a wuss. And it's like, okay. You're a Democrat being a wuss. It's like, okay. We get it. He's a
0: Democrat. All anyway, right. So, like... Like, Besides that, come on now. Besides that. No, um I they hammer home
2: these things about these characters so specifically yeah, okay. because it's such a sprawling movie and everyone's stories are like weaving in and out of each other. You need to know about this guy in the morning he wakes up.
0: You need to know everything about this guy seconds before he
2: finds out that the world is under attack by aliens. There's, that's craftsmanship.
0: Yes. So But like out of that, like then He just, um, there's a series of bad, a series of terrible decisions that he has to then, um, like, redeem himself of. Like, he find like, he he makes a series of, okay, this is, like, light, it's, like, very light. I'm talking, like, Conrad from Cat in the Hat, I guess.
2: Um interesting because uh, the case like when you watch a movie like this you people respond to different characters like the person i responded to the most this time was randy quaid i find it interesting that the person you responded to and watched his like journey the most was him like i didn't feel like he was making mistakes at all like really i thought he was like he's just a passive guy trying to be like hey okay, let's not excite people and panic people and like calm down and stuff like let's keep this cool and then when a guy comes in
0: and he's like it's a countdown he's like get the fuck out of here Right. No, like he made, what I'm saying is, he decided, like, okay, let's keep cool. Like, that was the wrong decision. And then, after that, he decided, okay, we're going to nuke them. That ended up being the wrong decision. And now, there's no Houston. Houston? What is Houston anymore? Um... Houston? Um... Which, from right here, is what everybody wants nowadays. Anyway. um, You say... So... So... And then, finally, like, he... Then his wife dies. And I just, like, see... I don't know why, but this, like... His arc is, like... I have no... Like, my country's being destroyed. My wife is dead. I only have... Like by work, like I think, I'm thinking about this. I'm thinking too hard about this, but I I don't care. It, en- it enhances my enjoyment of this movie. No, you but, should be thinking hard about it. That's the point. It's yeah, but like yeah. So like, I guess I just enjoyed that aspect of it. I was just like, then he finally, def- then he finally defeats. It. Then for me, it was like. Oh, he defeated the aliens. <laughs> like that's like finally he's redeemed. He's got his revenge and all that others and all that good stuff in this dumb action movie. Um, but like everybody else, to be honest, like the, like I, I enjoy. Like, I'm not saying that everybody else was like lesser. i was like I said. Like I feel like Bill Pullman was. And you responded to his character most of this time
2: when you yes. watched it. Yeah, I
0: actually reason, the I'm, last few times uh, I've watched it, I've responded to him more. Um, maybe you want a better president? I want a better president. Uh, God dang it! All right.
2: Um, you said so, it, uh, so. I I agree. I think I think his character is very. Con- I think the the choices he makes are almost always for very specific reasons. Like they say at the beginning he's kind of a passive not I wouldn't say passive, but he's a more of a pacifist than anything else. you gotta remember, this is pre-9-11 after Gulf War, which he flew in. So he's like I'm done with war and the country has no real reason to fight a war with anybody right now. Let's just keep our chill. Like like what like these aliens are here? Like okay, let's let's not freak people out because people will start freaking out if we do. So like he's just trying to be calm about stuff, and they didn't know that their timetable was seven fucking hours. Like the movie starts when they have seven hours to go before they start destroying the city. So like he didn't have time at all. He would have been dead like everybody else if it weren't for that for Jeff Goldblum coming in. So that's the only reason that happened. He was he wouldn't have been able to make any more decisions. That's interesting stuff. I think this this movie is extremely tight. I think the the fact that they would reuse this formula in other movies like Day After Tomorrow in 2012 and other movies like Deep Impact, Deep Impact being doing it better than them at the end of the day, because those films rely so inherently on this formula that they don't even try anymore. But the first time around, of course they tried. Like, his go- his, like Will Smith's girlfriend is a mom who's a stripper who's like survives a fireball in a tunnel. To go drive the first lady through the city, Mad Max style, collecting people, only to come back and get married. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's her story. Every single person in this movie has an amazing arc. I love Randy Quaid. For some reason, I was like, Randy Quaid this time, man. That family. They're out of everything. They don't show up in the story, really, until um, uh, they get to Area 51. And the only reason that that happens is because they gave Will Smith a ride. And then Randy Quaid shows up and he's like, "I'm a pilot." And the only reason that he said him saying, "I'm a pilot," works now knowing how his end is in the movie so many times. Works is because I watched all that stuff. I'm like, that "I fly." Is, is, I'm is, is, pilot. Yep. Uh, I, uh, the kid walks in. He's like, "It's as strong as it gets." And he's like, "Keep it coming." He's like, "All right, okay, okay, Dad." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, get your dad flying. Get him up there. Let's do this." Like, it's the the. Com- the, the convolute I not convolution, but the coalescence, thank you of all of these stories coming together all these characters with all of these arts make sense and it works because they took the time to do it, not because of the CGI, because they were also focusing on the models. So it wasn't just the model work, it was like they worked on the movies that took the time to say this is the character development you need to get you this far. And then they were yeah. like, you know, we can shop this, we can shop this, we can shop this. And then after a while, people were like, your shit is brand, and it's because like they make diet so, yeah.
0: versions of Independence Day now. So, so the first time was always the best. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like Um, like most action films after this fails to do that. To put that care, put that amount of care and time into into characters. Like so, I so like I guess I have an appreciation for that. For as dumb and stupid as this movie can get, that they still give these characters like cohesive and real, like um, like uh, they just they give them arcs that make sense. Yeah. Whereas most films after that, or most cash grabs after that fail to do that. So that's why I respect this movie so much. Um for me, like I have to say like the things I, like, I for me I can easily poke hole, like you can easily poke holes. Like for me, like um like <laughs> when the thing when the laser shoots down and like blows up and you're just surrounded by this giant ring of fire that moves like in slow motion because compared to everyone else Mm -hmm. but just like the fire this explosion is moving just at the right speed where it's going faster than a average running person probably slower than a car on the highway um but and i was like why didn't that just i understand dramatic effect and that to me was nitpicking just because of that but like this thing should probably have the same amount of devastation as a nuclear bomb um
3: well that's why and-
2: that's That's why the great thing about sci-fi is that you can just use whatever explanation you want. They say it. These aliens go from planet to planet and waste things. So, of course, they would make a laser that would create a fireball that reacts slower and burns, a chemical reaction that burns slower than anything else. That's why it's a laser, guys, and you're like, oh, shut up.
1: It's like friggin' sharks with friggin' laser beams on their friggin' heads. Yeah! Uh, Sharknado!
0: What? yeah, hey, Chris,
1: are you sure you know where that's from? Because I
3: know where no, that's from.
0: I, I don't know. It sounds like something from Sharknado. Um, sounds like something from Sharknado. Sure, it does. But actually, it is from the Austin Powers series. Yeah. Sounds about right.
1: Friggin' um, shark um, with friggin' only... on their friggin' heads. <laughs>
0: okay, hold on. Now, I, I like Austin Powers, but the only movie I've seen of Austin Powers is Bio Shack Me. Okay, I'm sorry. It was
3: Bio um, Shack Me. Oh.
0: Oh, it is not. That is actually
2: the one movie it is not from. It's wait, from wait. the other two.
3: Oh. It's from the
2: first movie where he says He's he wants all that, but then yeah, he like can't the same it. Movie. and look. then the third movie anyway. is finally gives it to
0: him. Anyway. Um But here's the thing. Here's the nitpick that I'm going to... This is the hill I'm going to die on when it comes to nitpicking this movie. It's the relationship uh, between Jeff Goldblum and Courtney Cox. <laughs> oh my
1: god, I um, can't forgive you, Chris. How
0: could you hate I'm sorry. That? I'm sorry. First of
2: all, uh, you, oh, you're calling the, um, the president's aide, Jeff Goldblum's ex or uh, separated wife. You think that they're bad? No. Oh,
0: OK, let me explain. I, OK, I don't think it's bad. I just don't know what it is. Like, I don't know what, like, is being said unintentionally here. So no, When they you. were in the. Sure. Hold on. Let me let me talk this out and then you can tell me how dumb I am. Um,
2: dumb idiot! Don't fucking say that, you stupid piece of shit. Yeah, Chris,
3: stupid piece of shit. I can always
2: be worse. I can always be worse at you hating yourself. Trust me. Everyone says that no one hates themselves worse than themselves, Chris. I can say terrible shit to your face, but I won't because I love you, Come on, man. You doing? I talk too much. Please,
3: stop.
0: I talk too much. Jeff Goldblum. And Courtney Cox. You're an uh, asshole. Understand. Not Courtney Cox, by the way. Not Courtney Cox. I thought it was. That is not Courtney Cox. That is the woman
2: named. I don't remember her name. She's actually. <laughs> well, the Courtney only reason Cox. I don't is because the story goes that the woman who starred was John McDonald. And... No, it's not it... Mary McDonald. Sorry. No, no, that's a, that was. Thank you, Colin, Colin. The last name starts with the C. Gotcha.
0: So sorry,
2: it was supposed to be a woman that the woman that started with Jean Claude Van Damme in Universal Soldier, also made by Roland Emmerich, but she backed out at the last second, and they got this actress like right at the last second. Huh.
0: Um. Okay. So relationship. Anyway, um. <clears throat> so. For me, like, this relationship is so weird, and I don't know... Maybe you could chalk this up to shades of gray, but I really don't know what it's saying. So, the the whole thing is, she left him to take a job at the White House. Now, two things could have happened here. One, she was being a douche, and... I don't want to be with you anymore, I want to advance my career and like leave him, even though she did not have to, to get the job. Or they had a falling out and she was like, I want to move to DC and and be press secretary, whatever. And he's like, no, I want to stay home and be a cable repairman because I'm happy where I'm at. I'm content. So then they split. But so then they split. Okay, that makes okay. okay that kind of make that kind of makes sense to me. Okay, but so the, the, the way battery. they juxtapose it, they seem to they seem to show that. We're supposed to be on Jeff Goldblum's side. If the second instance is true, that doesn't... To me, that doesn't hold up. But if the first instance is true, I get it. No, you're wrong.
2: Um, so I'm wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I, tell, tell me you. how I? I'm an idiot. You said okay, that as a is that? Um, the second story is more... The second one is actually more correct. The first one okay. is a little less correct. And the reason that that is... The, the way it is is because... Guess what he does at the end of the movie? He steps up, he gets in the ship, and he tries to save the day and sacrifice himself. And that's what she does. She's like, now you're being ambitious. Normal him would have been like, oh, can somebody can somebody, um, can somebody, else, you know, somebody, like, he doesn't want to take any chances. Like, he wants, like, he's going to save the day. So he's going to step up and be the person to do it. Like, that is part of it. But here's the clues of the relationship no, in general. First of okay, all.
0: so Okay, I'll let you finish. Carl.
2: Well, I'm going to just say, we're going to break this down together. So the clues of the relationship we get that are facts, A, they are not divorced. B, he tried to hit the president when she worked for him when he was not the president, which means she has been working with him on the campaign trail till he was president. Okay. So when you're on the campaign trail and and your uh, candidate becomes president, yeah, you're going to move to Washington, D.C., So, yes, it's more than likely that she was on the campaign trail and she was working and he was just a repairman. And he was like – he says it when they're arguing in the room. He's like, I was part of something important. What he's talking about is their marriage. And what she's saying is when we were together, like we were – when none of this – when we didn't have our jobs this way, we got married and we loved each other. And then I got a job working for a candidate that was going to become the president. That's the path of where my career was going. You were a cable repairman in New York, working for a station. Sure, it was not like you were going to pass a house, you were working for a station, but basically you just repaired them when they had problems. And you cared about our marriage and you were missing me because I was working so much working for this campaign. And that led to a rift in their relationship. And instead of him going, leave this campaign, I think you're having an affair with this guy. She's going, move to Washington, D.C. with me, or why don't you find something that you're ambitious about? And we both live our lives separately, but still love each other. And that caused a rift, but they w- hadn't divorced yet. So when this happened, it brought them back together. And towards the end, they hash it out. She's like, we still, I love you. I still love you. But like, that was my job you walked in and you punched my boss because you thought we were having an affair. And he's like, you were working too much. And I just wanted to stay home and be with you. And she's like, we have to have an even ground here. And the fact that we so, can't find is where they were.
0: So, Mike, I was... Wh- okay, so I so I followed that. But, you, okay, so I have two instances. Judd Hirsch says they're divorced during the chess match at the beginning of the movie. um, And then when he decides... I'm gonna go up there and take them on. She's trying to talk him out of it, which okay, now I get that because, come on now, it's a nuclear bomb and a giant alien spaceship in the middle of the void of space. So I, I get
2: well, they that. they came together came back together romantically when they did the wedding right so my my guess is after they had the argument that they were on the same page together that like i think they were going to fix each other regardless of whether the world was going to end or not i think they were coming Uh, back together through this experience but like that that argument was them coming together and then him sacrificing himself himself she's saying look yeah don't do this also because he just saved the day he just figured out the plan that saved the day your 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 ex husband is a genius, of fucking gen. So like, hurrah! You're all alive because of this dude. So like, that's a that immediately is gonna get any girl excited about having sex with you again. <laughs> if you save her life and her and her boss, and so she still has a job. Like, sorry, no. Like, come on. And it immediately gets you like halfway through the door of her bedroom.
1: Got it. Got it. And
2: then later he I saves see. the world again. Sorry, man. Sorry, like those up your aim points. But then, like, no, she makes like she makes a good point. You're like, you're gonna go up there and you're gonna sacrifice yourself to do this right and be a part of something big. And he's like, Yes, he is being ambitious, he is being the thing that she wants him to be. So not only has this guy saved the day, he's also changed in the way that she wants him to change. So no, yeah, like they're they're at that point. He's they've made the decision like together. That's why at the wedding they looks at her and they're like, yeah, we I think we should get married again. I completely forgot they were divorced. Yeah, but like that's them. That's them coming back together. Obviously, if you start a movie and neither of them are dating anyone else, they're going to get back together. It's like in 2012 when John Cusack is, and his ex-wife are hanging around with a new boyfriend. you know the new boyfriend's going to die. Who's the last person who dies in the movie? New boyfriend.
0: That is true. Um, so, just, I guess I, I did I did not get that impression in the movie. I did not come to that. I came to a, two separate other conclusions. But, like... Yeah, I just thought like, okay, that's really, that's very, that's either very complex or very updated, I, I don't know which one it was, but I'll have to think about. I'll, I'll think about it some more. I've, it's no, it's it's a normal relationship
2: stuff. Maybe, but like, so yeah. It's like one person. Yeah.
0: Well, a, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? Dang, I'm dropping. Chris. Stuff. Chris.
2: Chris, I, a I agree. You haven't you haven't done in a lot of you haven't been in a lot of relationships, but neither have I. But a we're talking about movie fictional relationships made by one of the most bare bones story writers. Have, have you? Did I tell you my response to making contact? Are you kidding me? Like <laughs> Scott doesn't know people. He doesn't know humans. He's not even American. He wrote. He's made one of the most American movies ever, and he's not American. Okay. I, I it's uh, all I'm saying is it, it's basically if you've ever seen a movie or a TV show where a girlfriend who does well walks into the house where the boyfriend is like sitting on the couch watching TV, and he's and whether regardless of whether that guy is a nice guy saying I just want to spend time with you, she's looking at him being like you know get a job get it. like you're you're a smart intelligent dude you are smarter than anyone else in the room that you've ever stood in why are you working at a t- Cable station. You should be doing something with your life. Be if the woman works for a campaign and wants to change the world, she wants that from her partner in a relationship. And the fact that his idea yeah. of that is just with her,
0: so, the- she got overworked. We're going off on a tangent that I did not think was going to happen. But <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand the
2: relationship, and I'm trying to like right. I yeah. Yeah, so, I think they put it on page on the paper. I think it's up
0: so so- front. I so does that paint him does that paint Jeff Goldblum as a coward then Are they trying I, to angle him as a coward You need to stop looking at it in terms of good guys and bad guys and cowards Okay and so, I need, so
2: I'm looking at it I
0: so need you to mix
2: mean, When I need to you, mix in some gray here okay I mean have you ever had your parents look at you and be like Chris you can do so much better with your life
0: and you're like I just want to say They home. do it all the time like when they look at me, I can see it in their face. <laughs> that's my point. The people, love you, the people who
2: love you and see the best in you want the, you to see the best in yourself and apply it, especially if they work for the president of the United States of America. Like, that's an extra push. Like, if the guy just wants to sit down Okay, and you,
0: got you. Okay, I unlocked it. I got it.
2: The guy just wants to sit at home with his wife and that wasn't good enough for her. It wasn't that he was a coward and she was a bitch. It was that they just weren't on the same (laughs) page. And it was Armageddon. So, like, the best part about this, Chris, the metaphor of this this married couple is brought together in one scene where the Palestinians and Israelis fight against aliens. So, like, that's what the movie's basically saying. Cut your shit, get together. The world's gonna end.
3: (laughs)
0: Um... Okay, I got it now. We can end that tangent. Like I did not expect that to go that far.
2: <laughs> well, I I, th- I, I, I thought, th- thought it was a dumb th- question. <laughs> I think as a kid I asked myself, it's not a dumb question. Again, I don't think you're wrong or that there's dumb questions. We're just trying to get right. uh, our reaction to it out. But like it makes me wonder you saying that as a kid when I saw this, because this was when this came out when I was ten, and I guarantee you I probably saw it. Um, what I thought about that. What I understood about adult adult relationships. Did I get that stuff? Probably not. I just got that Jeff Goldblum was funny and crying about recycling. He's like he's whining about a signal and recycling, and his ex-wife is annoyed by him but knows he's right. And then at the end of the movie, they fall in love. And then as I've gotten older, I'm like, oh, no, that's totally how relationships work. Yeah, Yeah. gotcha. It's just bare bones, (laughs) Roland Emmerich style.
0: So I do want to talk about the – Extended edition. Yes, I did not watch that. but I, do I have seen it, it. I have seen it before, too. Okay. Gay so, I need, I need, um... need um Kiss a little bit. I mean, so, Harvey Firestein Kiss a little bit more. Um, I had to pull up the list because I haven't seen it in a while. And I didn't watch it for this review, but, um... Yes, so, they added scenes. Yes. The uh, special edition was first released on Laserdisc, apparently. Eight minutes of yes. extended footage. Mm-hmm. So, the opening dialogue between um, President Whitmore and uh, Constance was extended. Uh, a few, uh, the uh, briefing with the guys in the Oval Office um, was extended. Uh, be- hold on. So...
3: Okay.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. So, basically, there are a lot of extended scenes, but there's something that i noticed um that, that um they f- these extended scenes with rent Rand- the extended scenes with Randy Quaid flesh out that family dynamic more and i was just like yeah. how did this get cut i understand everything else that, that everything else doesn't quite flow doesn't make the movie flow um like, uh, there was a scene, there was an added, like, cutaway um, exchange between uh, David and uh, Julius in the Oval Office. Um, which I thought, that that was put in a very awkward place in the movie. Um, like, it was somewhere between... Right before the helicopters took off, and asked uh, something earlier before but anyway mm-hmm. what they added to what they had with um Randy Quaid's family was like the 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 youngest son it wasn't road sickness that he was suffering from it was like some other disease that he needed medication for and when um Miguel the standard by kid has asthma kind of trick Yes, but this was a stomach disease or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know exactly what it was. Um So That so it ugh, trying to find the words. I'm struggling here. Um <laughs> So it just it just adds more like when they're about to leave after he got dropped off by the sheriff or whatever. At the trailer park, they had him and Miguel had an argument about going somewhere else. and they were gonna ditch Randy Quaid, but then the youngest son throws is they were, this youngest son was brought up, and then the youngest son comes out of the trailer and then he throws his pills on the ground, and steps on them, he's just like, "F you guys," um, yeah. and then before they met up with before they met up with Will Smith, um, Randy Quaid was actually kind of being a dad. Two um the youngest son who was sick in bed in the trailer. Um so and then there was an added scene where Randy Quaid like grabs a doctor when they first when all the trailers first arrive at uh Area 51 where he grabs uh one of the doctors is like, Can you fix my son? And Brett Spinner to come in, like, Yeah, dude, do it. Fix go help his son. What are you What are you looking looking at me for? Um so yeah, like it's like I was just like, man, that's a lot that's that I wish like I understand less is more, and that's shown throughout the movie, especially like which is mind blowing in a two and a half hour movie. But like with this character, I would have liked to have seen those scenes. Seen those extended scenes though. Everything well, else you could you could I I'm, you can leave out. I honestly.
2: The thing that I find Interesting about that is if that's the case, and if I was sitting in the room and I had to be economic about a two and a half hour movie in nineteen ninety six, um, and I would think those scenes would just take it's not it's not actually two and a half hours it's two twenty something so 24 so maybe those scenes would have added up to two and a half hours. What's the difference? However, um, if his if that family story ends when they get to Area fifty one. I don't think it works as well when everyone else's story comes together at Area Fifty One for that ending. Everyone's story yeah. comes to a point there. Like the one person that I'd say doesn't is um, the wife of Will Smith, Vivica a. Fox. Yeah. Her story is to go meet her husband. They get married, and that's where that ends. But they, it's so triumphant how that moment goes that you have. To, they have like two. They have the kiss. The MTV movie award winning kiss and the, uh, and the wedding. So they take their time with this because it's Will Smith and Viva Gay Fox. So they, they have this moment. It's important to her. Is it as important for the family? Not really. The moment, the story when you look at that family is it, it's two things it's the family and it's the dad. Do I think it sucks that you don't get to see him be a dad with his family more considering his arc? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Shit about the kid being sick. The kid being sick sucks. So the kid being sick is inherent to the guy being a dad, and you have to cut one of them. Cut the kid being a sick because it's about the dad used to be a drunk, now he's sobering up to be a pilot, and he saves the day at the last second. Holy Mary pass. Everyone forgot about this guy. Why are they following him in the movie? We don't even get to pay attention to his family. Oops, he saves the day for everyone. And it still works for somebody like me. That cut is a smart cut if that's how it works. However, this brings to the question that I was thinking while I was watching the movie. And it's fantastic third act structure. Would And this is stolen from another podcast. A very famous one. But would you watch this if it was a 10 episode series on Netflix?
0: Yes. Exactly. So, another funny thing. I don't know, Alex, if you heard about this, but there was an alternate ending in the Laserdisc edition. Mm,
2: I don't think I read that far, no. In
0: it, Russell Case was rejected as a pilot for one of the jets to attack the alien ship approaching Area 51. However, <laughs> oh god, he arrives at the end of the battle flying his crock duster... Which he has been towing behind this motorhome with a missile strapped to it. He then flies the crop duster into the energy beam weapon of the alien ship to bring it down. That would have been awesome. Okay, okay. I so I did
2: read that, but I read it differently. I thought they were saying is that he tried to get into his jet and fire the missile and realized it didn't work first. And didn't say anything about it. And then that was supposed to be a joke. And then it would pay off in the end. I read that terribly wrong. It does make sense then why he is driving his plane then. Why do we keep seeing his plane? Like, why is that in the shot so consistently? But um, it begs the question. Is his, is the ending better if it's sacrificial or if it's comical?
0: No, I'm not saying... like. That would, <laughs> that would have been like what I'm saying is like it would have been awesome in a different way. It was just like, I there don't think no it would have been. That that,
2: it, there's no way you can have him come in in that plane with a bomb strapped to it. <laughs> on. Stack, I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. And Roland Emmerich knew it too. If you read the rest of that trivia, Roland Emmerich knew it too. He's like, no, it's better if he has that sacrifice, and that is better if he has the sacrifice. Right. Don't tell me you don't feel that gut punched, mother motherfucker. Like you know, of course I would love to see that. Of course I would love to see a biplane make it in there, but of course the biplane would not make it in that dog
0: fight. Normal pilots aren't making it in that dog fight. That would that would have been, would have been, would have been like that a two, That would have been a two thousands Roland Emmerich move for him to do that. Uh, yes, like he would I do agree. that now, not back then. That's him be. Yeah, he's a
2: lazy enough guy to be like, yeah, sure, why not? It's funny. People like funny. No, then he was like, mm, no, and that's the point. The there the aliens are a real fucking threat. It's a right. real damn dogfight. Like
0: there are real stakes to this. To
2: exactly. This like I, the, I feel the moments when they fail. I feel the moments when they fail consistently yeah. in this movie. I would, n- I would not, I would absolutely hate this ending a lot. If he made a <laughs> the fucking laser of that ship on a fifteen-mile spaceship, fuck off. And I guarantee you, he was like, "Funny guys, that that would be awesome to see." But like, let's take it seriously. And then years later, for 2012, he was like, "Why don't we just like drive a limo through a collapsing LA?" And then they get to a <laughs> place, they collapse those buildings. Right? Get CGI on that. I gotta go take a squirt.
0: (laughs) Rolling in. So. Squandered this. So, um, another thing that I want to talk about with this movie, real quick. Um. So, like Treasure Planet, this is one of those movies where I hope they don't remake, but if they do, I'm the one who does it.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> I know they're going to remake Stargate.
0: Yeah. Um... I don't,
2: I actually... I honestly hate the fact that there's a sequel to this in a world of CGI. Right! Now that I know that this, this was all models and this was all, like, handcrafted, I'm like, no, you shouldn't make a sequel unless you make it that way. And the fact that they didn't, like... And I, again, I love the idea of a giant alien, like... Just fucking shit up in the desert. But I don't remember it. And I've seen it. And I and that's... I'm not going to lie.
1: I think this movie would do a lot... Would get a lot more benefit from being, like, a Netflix movie or something. Kind of in the same vein as how they did Dark Crystal. Where I never imagined that if they ever did Dark Crystal again that they'd do it full puppetry and all that. But they made Dark Crystal Age of Resistance full puppetry. Which was gorgeous.
2: I, I think the thing about that that I find interesting, too, is that they made it a series. They made 10 hours of it as opposed to just a two-hour movie like Henson did. But it also makes me think of like when they did the thing prequel and they're like, we've got these people that are going to be practical effects people. And then they pulled the rug from them on the last second it made it CGI. It's well, that, a
1: lot of that was the studio. <laughs> well, that's my point.
2: It's about who's giving you the money and who has faith in you. If Netflix has enough money to not give a crap how they make their shit, then they're going to let them make it the way they want to. That we can exist in that world now where if they wanted to make a second Independence Day and they wanted to make it the exact same way, if Roland Emmerich got back into the sculpt game and was like, this is how I'm doing it, you know, uh, Fury Road style, then great, absolutely. We have places that would allow that to happen. But does he want to? Is that where his mind is at? Is he now the CGI guy in his mind? He sculpts on the computer now in his mind. That may be it. Maybe that guy, maybe that role in
0: Emmerich does not exist anymore. So, I want to, so, I want to propose to you guys a hypothetical. Mm -hmm. So, this is, so, bringing it back to Bill, maybe recasting Bill Palmer, because this is where I'm, this is where I was going with it. Yeah. Because of, I had this idea for a while, since I watched it before, like, like last year. Um... The idea I had was, okay, what if you did this? Because you because you've set it up kind of. If you're gonna remake it, like you get a more charismatic actor than Bill Pullman, who probably is pretty charismatic, but for some reason isn't like in isn't quite what this role needed to me I've at least. Love,
2: I've learned to love Bill Pullman most than others. A couple other movies have <clears throat> Helps me to appreciate okay. him, and also watching it this time. Yes, I do see what you're saying, uh, but I believe his sympathy for people dying and right. his anger when people don't. But then it all leads to the speech. When he makes that speech, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah, I'm behind that <laughs> guy. And then my favorite line is not from the speech. It's when he go. It's when he's about to get on the plane, and the other guy's like, "Are you gonna fly?" He's like, "I'm a pilot. I belong in the air." And I believe that. Like by that point in the movie, I'm all about Bill Pullman, and he sells me by that last half. Roland Emmerich's half an hour, like last half an hours of his movies are amazing, and Bill Pullman adds to that energy when he's like, "The son of a bitch did it!" I love it.
0: So, I propose a hypothetical based based on what has happened before. Mm. If you're gonna remake it, probably shouldn't. But if you're gonna do it, do something bold. At the In the last 30 minutes, in berta- pertaining to what where, where people are, like what role they play in those last 30 minutes, swap Bill Pullman and Will Smith. Have Will Smith lead the counterattack against the alien ship and have Bill Pullman and jo- Jeff Goldblum go up and fly the ship. Because in my brain, it's like, okay, you get the added tension of Bill Pullman hasn't flown since the Gulf War, which probably wasn't that long before this. And there's tension and there's established, I use air quotes, established tension between him and Jeff Goldblum that could work also this could be a redemption for will smith's character because of los angeles because of the failed los angeles attack that's just how my brain worked i just thought that maybe you can make that work but i don't know what do you guys think <laughs> it,
2: maybe you could i don't think it's entirely off base you could set the cards up so that pullman and goldblum are the ones that uh make it work like because they do say at the beginning of the movie it's like he's the guy who's asking for porridge but if he's the guy who's delivering the bomb physically at the end to after getting like he has a face-to-face conversation with aliens like they get inside his head for him to do that that's cool but also they get inside his head so maybe it isn't smart for him to go see aliens later that can do that like that you could think of things that way but i guess the end of the day is what's more fun of a pairing Jeff Goldblum right. and Bill Pullman or Jeff Goldblum and Will Smith. And when That's you think I'm about saying. his story, it's all of his friends are dead. All of his all of the people he flew with are gone. Would it make more sense if when he got to the Air Force base, he started gathering pilots and he started training pilots and then he flew them up? Yeah, you could totally build that. But I mean, he's he's a he's kind of a one-man show. That's the point. Like, all the other guys in his group weren't even as good enough as him. And he gets by on his charm. He beat an alien and he dragged him. Like, he's been, he's his own hero of his own journey. I seem like, and it's fitting for him to be like, I'm the one who goes up in this thing and I'm the one that's going to
0: fly us out of it because I'm the one who flew a great canyon thing. Okay, so I I get that. Because, like, then you'd have to remove the whole NASA envelope thing and probably the funniest joke in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I I think there are just, pros and cons to this hypothetical. <laughs> yeah, I don't
2: think I think it's actually really interesting. Um, but the pairing of Pullman and Goldblum means that you need to do more backstory between who they were and whether or not he actually <laughs> fucked his ex-wife. Um, <laughs> I don't think they wanted to go
0: that <laughs> the route. Cockpit, the oh, smoking cigars yeah. and they're just like, never yeah, I did seen it. it. I did it.
2: <laughs> At, at also, at the end of the day, if the ending is you got to fly your ship from an exploding base while people are chasing you at the same time, who are you going to believe more? The guy who survived the canyon-run artery and you saw it, or the guy who we keep talking about him flying in the Gulf? That's
0: why I'm saying you should fly the alien ship. But
2: he's never seen the alien ships fly, and we don't know how well as an audience he flies. Where, 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 as Will Smith, we've seen him outfly them. He was... He
0: and see how they maneuver. See, now, it's sci-fi, and I think you can get away with this, in pertaining to how he did would know before. how to fly an alien ship, was that an alien did get inside his head. There so you go. maybe you can get away You with, got their whole master plan. Right. Maybe you can get away with him being more naturally able to fly this ship. Why not? Maybe actually. you can get away with that. But it's a stretch. Even
2: for uh, this okay. movie, no, I think it would work. He, he got the whole master plan of the race. Sure, yeah. How could he not be like? They use the controls like this. He'd like, they use it in the second movie. He's like, I got a telepathy again to get like telepathy news. I got to get the telepathy news, guys. I grew a beard. <laughs> I like Bill Pullman. I like. I like Bill yeah. like Pullman. I, I like him in Malice. I like him when he's, like, um, where Brett Spiner's making fun of – not making fun of, but, like, it's really exciting, all the beeps and buzzes that have happened since they've come here. And he's like, people are dead. He's like, oh, right. Like, I believe that stuff. I think he's – I don't think he is uh, as memorable as uh, Goldblum or Will Smith. And if you have someone on their level of charm, yeah, it would elevate this movie by miles. But does he win me over in the end? Yeah, Yeah. that's something. For me. Okay. Could you recast it? Yes. And if I wouldn't want Kevin Spacey, if I were to think of, <laughs> <people> <laughs> of that <course> era,
3: not.
2: <laughs> well, um, if I were to think of people from that era who might be
0: good. Well, so actually I was thinking like no, oh, wait a minute, hold on. Dumb enough, dumb as it may be. First name that came to my head, I can't explain it. Tom Hanks. But then well, I think about Tom it, What was oh, he doing Forrest that. Gump at
2: this time? Or was this um, after- First of all, yes, he was doing, he was doing, uh, he, he had already won an Oscar for Philadelphia, and then he would win the next year for this year's Forrest Gump. So yeah, he was better than this. He would never be in this. Right. This is, this, is a, this is below him in his eyes and okay. where he is at, at this point in his career. I was going to say, you know who would be really great? It would be um, the guy from Shawshank. Oh Tim, ah! uh, Tim, something or other.
0: Tim,
3: uh, he, Tim McGraw.
2: No, Tim something or other. But the lead from Shawshank, because uh, Shawshank was a big deal for critics, but it didn't win. Uh, it didn't make its, a lot of money, and it also didn't win any Oscars. But he has he was has gone on to he would win awards in Mystic River and Tim stuff, Robbins. Like, Thank you, Robbins. Okay, so Robbins, like, I think he would have been a very good choice for president here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I... It, I, I, I Cusack. Cusack. would be great. Yeah, I thought, I, I, you know, when I was thinking about, like, this movie, I was like, you know what, that would be really interesting. Because, like, they've already kind of got it. Like, it it's there, but it's not out there. Like, like I just realized like you'd have to give rid of the funniest joke in the movie um, where he <laughs> gets down on one knee describing how to kiss ass and <laughs> he drops the wedding ring and he holds it like he's proposing to him and the guy walks by <laughs> and he's like well, that's your thing man, that's your thing I'll go, go the other way <laughs> uh,
2: I I like Harry Conner Jr but I don't think he would have made a good president. I actually rescind my Cusack I think he would have made a better uh, I think it would have been... A, been Mark a bit. Wahlberg! <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm oh, God. Kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, Mark I'm Wahlberg... A, I'm the president! Mark Wahlberg is the son of Randy Quaid would have worked at that time. Uh, <laughs> he was starting movies around then. Uh, I would say that um, Tim Robbins' president and John Cusack and Jeff Goldblum's role, because they've been in several movies together by that mm. point. Uh, and that would have been, I think, a very good pairing.
0: I, uh... Hereby nominate Quentin Tarantino. Just do it. Why not? To make to remake this? No, to uh, play the president.
2: <laughs> okay, guys, I'm gonna say about Madonna's song "Like a Virgin," and they're like aliens, dude. It's <laughs> like it's about a guy with a really big dick, and
3: you're like aliens. <laughs> I guess it's anyway. Cute.
0: Anyway, um, okay, so...
2: so Zach, let me let me ask a series of new questions. Actually, yes, Zach, please. what's your favorite moment? What's your favorite moment from the movie that you can remember, or as you're watching it right now?
1: You know, it's probably the president's speech before mm-hmm. he runs off into the um, into the um, major like last action sequence with the ship. Yeah, I really like that scene. A lot. Good speech. It is a good speech. See, now, it is funny. Like, the I speech. Really like that scene. God. And it's just... So now, and, like, me, it's, it's the fact that he's, like, cutting between all these people listening to it, too, and... I just oh, like that speech a lot.
0: So, um... The speech from what I researched, kind of got some heat. Whatever. (laughs) What for? What for? um, For, like, making this Americana movie. Is that the right term? Is that the right term to use? This American movie to use an American, like, thing? Like, this American holiday and make it, like, um a global thing everybody was just like
2: oh uh, uh, really dude <laughs> Who cares? Um. Uh, I think anyone who takes it that seriously should just shut up.
3: Right? It's, it's That's the kind of movie thing that I'm
0: talking about. It's just like, where is the line?
2: It's a movie about aliens in which the only situation in which that could ever happen would be an alien invasion where we are been, like, beaten down to our last pulp. And it literally is July 4th, And the people who are holding the best plan possible are the Americans of course they are like that's the only only situation in which that would ever happen and people are like, well why would you ever do that then? like fuck
0: off they're this not was real. made by a German, by a German man. It was made by a German gay man like
3: you right. are never
0: well in your country he, yeah
2: like he had to, he had to make good movies for him to be accepted on like some level of of accessibility and watching watching his movies you start to realize a few things like for example the fact that when a guy catches another guy proposing to another guy he's just like do your thing in the military like he may be joking but like at the same time that's the joke not like oh you couple of fairies like in a michael (laughs) Bay movie or how about the fact that like you really pay attention there actually are a lot of prominent gay actors in his films in stargate he paid a million dollars for one of the most famous uh performers of the time the woman the man who played a woman in crying game she didn't want to be in this role she didn't want to ask anymore she just didn't like hollywood after that and she's like uh i'll i'll go for a million dollars and they're like here's a million dollars and he's like why and emmerich was like because I want you in a movie. Like, I don't care. Like, have you noticed that how many black and Hispanic, like, like how many people of color are just random l- roles in his films? Like, all over the place. They're in really intelligent positions of power. Or, like, they're reasonably, like, normal people. And they're everywhere. Like, he, he's the guy who gives minorities uh, and uh,
0: the marginalized chances in his movies. Yeah. Uh,
3: yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was really... uh, I just thought that was really funny. I was like, I could see that being a problem in today's culture. (laughs) Uh, uh, uh. (laughs) Anyway. uh, Also, the music was pretty good. Again, won a Grammy. Won a Grammy. Um, A video store clerk? I love Um, stories like that. I love stories like that. Out of nowhere. Yeah. So great. Um... Anything else before we grade? Nope.
1: Um, no? Not
2: really. I, I think the I, I, I've appreciated this more now that I know what went into making it and, and why it works on so many levels. And it's really interesting to understand that the magic of when the magic of the team gets separated by something like Godzilla, which I'm like, when we watch it, I'll really go into that now. <laughs> uh, and then also to see them completely misunderstand what of their own work uh worked both on a societal level and then themselves they're like here's our formula we're just gonna phone it in for now on and i guess we're cgi guys really it was like no you worked on models and you and you worked on you've lost your way and that sucks like he's made earnest stuff of stuff that he wants to make that isn't anything like this on his own sure but like None of it really has the same joy and power and effectiveness and energy that this was. He was. This was just peak level of those dudes, and they both squandered and were also never given the proper opportunities afterwards. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say
0: B. B plus. Dangerously close to an A minus.
2: I t- I should feel bad doing it, but I think like, I mean, it could be smarter, it could trim some fat. There are some things that like, I don't think there's anything necessarily that to ages too poorly about it. I do think it's a great time. I guess it's the like my, yeah, I'll go B plus. I think you're right, B plus. Um, no, I'll go B. But I will say this: you have convinced me that this is that this is one of the greatest blockbusters ever. Yes. Yes! Yeah Yes! I believe that Yes! I believe that. Mm-hmm.
3: I could die happy.
2: I think so. I think it's like it's really fine-tuned and crafted very well. And that's my oh, thing about action movies. I love I it's not my favorite of the nineties. I don't know which one that is necessarily, but there are so many others that I would put above it. Um just for other reasons that like this is this is like this when I think of like populists, I think like Steven Spielberg and Michael, Michael Bay, or um, uh, a few other action people. But like this guy, he doesn't have bad ideas in his movies. He's just got lazy, and that that is just as bad in a lot of ways in the world of art. But also, I'd take that any day of the week over than a Transformer film. I watched the first Transformer again, and I was like, no. Watching this again after watching Stargate and this, I was like. Good afternoon. Great afternoon.
0: <laughs> Zach, great. Rain,
2: rainy days, summer movie. Yeah.
0: I'm going to say a B. All in the same ballpark. Cool. Ladies the and gentlemen, job. that was Independence Day. I'm in a much better mood. Want to know what makes it even better? Didn't shit spinning.
2: all spinning.
0: What? Didn't shit all over it the way you thought we were. No.
2: <laughs> Surprise you get the review. Independence Day sucks, guys. You know what it sucks? My wiener, my Wiener. Such my butthole. That's a critical review. I have not
0: Ace seen Roper. you. I have not seen you do this since the Last Jedi. <laughs> um, Except you did it in reverse. Whereas, like, this movie's freaking amazing, and then you're like, no, it sucks.
2: Uh no, it's good. I like this movie. I knew I liked this movie. It was like I just wanted to approach it differently. I was like, what makes TV tick? And I'm glad I did, because now I'm like, I get Roland Emmerich now. He's not dumb. He's
3: just
0: great summer movie.
3: Yes, I'd agree with that. Well
0: timed. Independence day, yeah. All right. Series wheel. We're gonna go on a new adventure. I hope that's not a freaking omen. Who's got the I, suggestion? I got. I got.
2: I got my suggestion ready and set to go. Anybody else?
0: Uh, yeah, I got mine. Uh, I'm still looking at the backlog. I'm still I'm not, deciding. Not gonna
1: choose the backlog. I'm gonna. Well, say, say, You're gonna choose the
0: backlog. Yeah. So I'm not just...
1: adding. I'm just straight choosing something.
0: You choose from the backlog, okay? I'm gonna the backlog, everyone.
1: Okay.
0: Look who's talking. Mm-hmm. The Expendables. Oh, jeez. Uh, Mm. Uh, (laughs) scream yeah oh god take (laughs) i forgot i put that on there oh god uh into a massive editing (laughs) the great first movie the rest are just oh god star trek yeah all of it
1: All yeah. of it. That's fine, and Chris. I'm just warning you. They're like, only half of them are even r- relevant.
2: <laughs> yeah, but the bad ones we get to make fun of. We get to go they're every now really and then. Like,
0: no, but. swims with whales. hawk swims with whales,
1: I get it, Chris. I do. But, like, dude, some of them are just so stupid and
0: dumb. Save the whales. They meet God.
2: They meet God. Yeah, I'm sorry. So the, those they're are all, just, they're, there's just as many good as there are bad, and the bads are just as fun to make fun of as the good ones are to be like, oh that was interesting, and I kinda liked it. Oh
0: god. Um before, it's, it's a lot of movies, you know. Before.
2: Before trilogy, yeah.
0: Before trilogy.
2: Mm-hmm. The
0: Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah, it's so interesting. Uh View Askew minus Dogma, because we already did it. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I think we should just rewatch Dogma, truthfully.
0: Nope. No. We already did it. So we went to town on it. Um, Shrek. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yikes! For the memes, um, How to Train Your Dragon. Mm. Mm-hmm. Good series. The Dark Knight trilogy. It's again not on the wheel. We removed it for some reason. I cannot remember. I blame you. Um. Yeah, you blame me. Of course, you do. The well, Hunger Games. You. Oh, I
2: know why, because we were doing the other Batmans first.
0: Right, okay. Uh, The Hunger Games. Yeah. Yes, that includes Mockingjay Part 1. I'm not going to get those two hours back. Um,
1: Chris, I I don't understand why you'd say yes. Like that's uh, Obviously, we're going to watch Mockingjay
0: Part 1. The same way we say the Indiana
2: Jones one, he's saying he doesn't like it. Joking.
0: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm Mm-hmm. Were there three live action ones? There were. There there were.
2: were. Um, Japan,
0: Samurai Times. Robocop. That's going to be interesting. That would be interesting.
2: That would be interesting if it's on the wheel. Again, backlog.
0: Death Wish. Mm -hmm. Rush Hour. Yep, I just watched that. All of them. Funnily enough, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah, that's right. Three Ninjas. That's right. <laughs> the Naked Gun movies. I did okay. All right, cool.
1: I thought I put the Naked Gun movies on there. No,
2: dude, I did, because I recently watched them. The Mighty was- Ducks.
1: <laughs> they get so bad after the first one.
2: I think the second one's the best, actually.
1: Twilight! I hope we uh, get Twilight. I'm not gonna lie, Chris. I want you to see
2: ag- again this is back cat this is backlog, so you gotta suggest it. But yes, I think Twilight is an interesting series. We get a lot of funny jokes. Mostly around.
1: because I just think Breaking Dawn Part Two is just so fucking
2: crazy. I think yeah. the acceleration to Breaking Dawn Part Two plus that movie is a banana brains bonkers. I love
0: it. The man with no name. I don't
1: think yeah. I know the son.
0: Oh, yes. You know what? Okay, I got it. Yeah, this is an interesting back catalog. And one that I added just as we started, and as you guys were talking about it, because screw it, I'm not picking it for this wheel, but it's there and will always be there when we remind you that we're doing it, that we could do it, and you could pick it, Studio Ghibli.
1: Ah, there you go. See, I... I'm gonna. I want to overrule putting that on the series. Will
2: I agree too? We're not gonna do Pixar. Aww, this. Okay. And the reason
1: why that. is that's not a series. It's it's a director's catback back catalog. It's kind of like the Tarantino movies.
0: Agreed. Yeah. Eventually, we're gonna run out of series, and we're gonna just have to do that.
1: Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I agree with this. We At could. At some we,
0: point, I we, would we, allow it.
1: Honest to God, Chris, we could split up the MCU by just watching individual trilogies.
0: <laughs> We were gonna do that. No, I don't
1: like that.
2: No, the MCU is one whole story.
0: Yeah. Um. Ugh. Okay, so I have two choices. See, I don't wanna pick... I want to pick. Okay, no, 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 go ahead, Alex. Go ahead.
2: Uh, well, I'm picking Man with No Name versus um, Naked Gun because I came in with Naked Gun, but then I heard that Man with No Name, and I'm like, uh, and I, and the and the my pocket back... these stories, but I think I'll wait on that, and eventually I. I'm I'm juggling between those two. So what do you guys got?
0: Okay, Zach, you go ahead. Monsterverse. Monsterverse. All right. Um and
1: I and I kind of hope it, it it takes a while for us to hit it because I want to add Godzilla versus Kong to that before okay. like, we really get to do fun stuff.
0: So I don't want to add How to Train Your Dragon until we get Kung Fu Panda off the wheel interesting. I thought
1: we already watched all the How You Train Your Dragons.
0: No, we did not.
1: Oh, we just talked about the third
3: one. Yes.
0: Oh. I love Rush Hour, but, oh, man, this is hard. I don't have one either. Like, the easy one is the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, but the- I surprised all of you and went with Django last time. Yes, but the, again, we have the other Batmans to
2: get
1: to.
0: Yeah. Don't put two Batmans on that wheel. I don't want to feel bad we... by putting Hunger Games on there. Why I would mean, you feel bad? If
1: you want, Chris, I could change from Monsterverse to the DCAMU.
0: No, we no. already decided we weren't going to do we that. that. We vetoed that. We vetoed that.
1: Fifteen movies too
0: much? And they all are. They all look, they all look the same.
1: Yeah. But they're so fun.
0: They, pro- they
2: are. They probably are.
1: Yeah but they all look the
2: same, and I want—I don't want to do 15 weeks of that. I mean, we don't oh, have... Oh, gosh, this is tough.
1: Dude.
2: Okay, so in terms of my suggestions, The Man With No Name is the trilogy that
0: makes an Eastwood a star. Wait, did
1: we remove the Planet of the Apes series from here?
0: No, it's already it's down there. on there. It's already on the, the wheel. Except in That's a very not- specific way. Originally... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. No, it's the later Planet of the Age. No, it's gone. It's not there. We took it off because there w- it wasn't the full one, and you didn't. G- you guys didn't want to do it unless we did the full thing. I guess we did. If it's not there,
1: I mean, Yeah, it's I not there. So. fuck, dude. Honestly, God, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed to them to the Matt Reeves Planet of the Age movies. Like, would I? Yes. Sure. Would I like to watch all of them? Yes. But, uh,
2: I think they're two different series.
1: No, I agree. Uh, I
2: agree.
1: Would I like to sit and watch the original six, the bad Tim Burton one, and the three Matt Reeves ones? Wait
2: a
0: minute. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. You know what? How to Train Your Dragon. There's only one on, on here. There's only one animated trilogy on here, and I want to add another one. Screw it. Okay. Why not? I got nothing else, guys. And I'm right. really leaning towards that. I like
2: it. I like it. I see no problem with it. They're both by the same company, too. Yep. The best company. Uh, so I'm bouncing between... G- okay, so The Man With No Name is what made Clint Eastwood a star. And they are a 70s western film. But they it's a uh, uh, a fistful of dollars for a few dollars more and The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. The Good, and The Bad, and The Ugly being a like like classic.
3: Classic.
0: Yeah. I have seen it. It's-
2: uh, and then there's the Naked Gun series, which are three genuinely funny movies. <clears throat>
0: um,
2: and we don't get a lot of comedy on here, so I'm going to go Naked Gun.
0: The Naked Gun. Got it. All
3: right. screen. We need some giggles. Screen.
0: And, what, and Zach, you're going MonsterVerse? He went yes. MonsterVerse. Okay, so we got MonsterVerse, the Naked Gun movies, and How to Train Your
1: Dragon. By the way, Chris, MonsterVerse is one word with no hyphen in it. <laughs> okay, come on, Zach. <laughs> it is his birthday, though, Chris, so do it. Hold
0: on. Let me just fix that. Jack,
2: Sorry. I
1: have to be anal about that.
2: You don't have to be anal about anything, and you also don't have to tell us when you're being anal. But can I be anal, too?
3: Yes.
0: Yay! These are very three. Love, I love how different each of our picks has been over the last few weeks. Like, these are three different, very different selections. That's why I
2: like the wheel, man. That's why I like the, that we have these back catalogs, and like every week we're like, that's the thing I'm going with. And the next time we get to that back list, we're like, that's the thing I'm going with. And it's like something completely different.
0: Okay. You guys ready? I'm about to spin it. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. I'm more worried it's about To replace action. what we are about to dive into. Spinning.
3: I can get, Ladies get and gentlemen, the naked
0: gun movies.
1: <laughs>
2: yes! Bar- I, bar- get,
1: bar-
0: get, I can bar- get behind oh.
1: these. These movies are really funny. So Oh Chris, you're gonna love these. Oh my god. Leslie Nielsen at his finest. Chris, you're gonna thank us off.
0: for the backlog. Oh my god. Add MonsterVerse. Super happy. super happy because Zach ended up adding something, just adding something to it that he didn't want to. No, nope.
1: I just suggest whatever I want.
0: And adding the Naked Gun. Have movies. you seen anything from these movies, Chris, at all? From uh,
2: MonsterVerse? No, Naked Gun.
0: I can't say I have.
2: Oh my god. Yes. Oh my gosh. Chris, those are going to be some of my favorite episodes we ever do on here. Okay.
0: So, on the wheel, as it is right now. Oh God, I'm so nervous. Terminator.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: The DC Extended Universe mm-hmm. from Man of Steel up until Birds of Prey, I guess. Yeah. Because this thing's still going um it is, it is still going but also that's the latest one that we can just watch okay so hypothetical before i before i keep going mm-hmm. if we don't if we get the dcu after the snyder cut has been released do we watch the snyder cut yes yes no no okay uh, I,
2: all right. well, we have three choices we have three theatrical the ultimate. Or the Snyder Cut, and the Snyder Cut doesn't
0: seem like it's There's only... Be. The Snyder Cut would be the second cut to Justice oh, League. There's so oh, there's three. Uh, no, Justice you're League. talking about... The Ultimate Edition is Batman be Superman. Oh, yeah. So
1: oh, there's okay. a Justice League Ultimate Edition, too. That's gross.
0: Um,
2: The Matrix. Um, we'll have to decide then, because I can't decide now.
0: Right. The Matrix. we
3: get okay. the DCEU.
0: Right. Uh, the Matrix. Um... Alien. Mm-hmm. Fun movies. The Tolkien Universe. Yep. It's middle Earth. So, um, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings.
1: Yes. In that order,
0: unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Fast and Furious. Okay. Burton's Batman. <laughs> Alex, I heard that sign. Shut up! <laughs> Burton's Shut Batman. your front door! <laughs> the Marine. Uh, Burton's Batman, uh, the Marine.
2: <laughs> that would be. I'm not saying it wouldn't be interesting. I'm just saying what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
3: Chris, I, I know I'm you guys have different fun different. with the
1: laugh, laugh, but I gotta get to bed. soon
0: then go I to, to bed I'm right um, <laughs> having a good time. Autobiography. That's- you got Rocky, Rocky. Sam Raimi Spider Man. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Wizarding World of Harry Potter. <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a that was a that was a groan of groans. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you're God,
0: like so groaning
1: it. about this because two of them are bad.
0: They're really bad though. I
1: thought the, I thought
0: the first Fantastic Beast was pretty okay. It
1: was okay. <laughs> it was a great. I had fun with it anyway. One of them is truly like really awful, and then like the other eight are fun.
3: So who cares? Um, Evil all Dead. Fun
0: we got Evil oh. Dead. Evil <clears throat> Dead. Back to the Future.
3: Yep. Oh, that'd be
0: crazy.
1: God, that'd be a good time, because it just hit its 35th, like, last week.
0: Mm. The Cornetto Trilogy. Okay. Kung Fu cho- Panda.
1: Uh, good choices, okay.
0: that Yeah, Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. Daniel Craig's 007. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mad Max. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Lethal Weapon. Got it. Okay. The Naked uh, Gun replacing so, one so of guys, these.
1: I, I just want to say this.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Before we find out what this is, there's one that, that's coming to mind that I think we're going to hit. I'm not going to say I what it is. I've got two. I have I, the same I, I, No, is. no, but... I got getting, a feeling. I'm getting this Alex feeling out of me. <laughs> I'm a getting a feeling one, two, guys. one movie, and I think I'm going to groan about it, but it's not a bad movie. So it's
2: like, fun. I mean, I can't, I have a feeling that's really strong and I just, I don't want it necessarily, but I'd like, <laughs> I think it'd be fun. But at the same time, if it's like last week, then, oh, last week I was like dead on. I knew right away.
1: Dude, <laughs> I, I got one and and I, I got a groaning feeling of what I think I know it is, but Alex, when we're done, we'll, we'll each share this. So, so Chris, spin the wheel. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm turning my phone upside down.
0: (laughs) Three, two, one. Onward to a new adventure, spinning the wheel, and... Oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. God. No, 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 no. no, no, Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Shut up, shut up. Alex, are you back? Are you with me, man? Bring it on. Ladies and gentlemen, the next series, shut up. Wait, the wait. Ser- no, no, no. Shut up. Shut up. The next shut up, Zach. The next series that we are going to review okay. on the Mushroom Movie Podcast by a very close margin. This is Zach. The Matrix.
2: All right. Okay. 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 Sweet. All right.
1: Yes. we <laughs> is for three movies. All
2: nice. oh, right. I'm for this. I haven't watched. So, Last time I tried to watch the series, I stopped. I want percussion
0: orgy.
3: <laughs> I'm like one of them,
1: it's only like a or- two-minute scene.
0: Oh, I remember, man.
1: Uh,
2: uh, it's an orgy. though. it's a straight-up orgy.
1: Yeah,
2: but hey, nothing wrong with an orgy when you're like, it's the last days on Earth, so why not?
1: So, so Alex, before before you, we go too deep on this, I I want to know which one did you have the feeling for? Uh, um, Tolkien. Okay. So my feeling, I had this gut feeling. I thought it was going to be Fast and Furious and Cook for Panda.
0: That's the two that I want.
1: Chris, you always think it's going to be those two.
0: Mm. He, he hopes I'm over, don't make me override the wheel. I will do it. I okay. said I wouldn't do it, but I will do it. Just to make you mad. Okay, Chris. You, you no, don't, no, it's don't, be don't
3: force do my... what you
1: got to do, don't. Chris. Um, so I had this, like, this, this world. This, something in me was like telling me first off I had to update my list. Uh so I'll explain this while I'm updating my list. So I had this like oops feeling and it was it was like between three, but I think one of them ended I had this feeling it was gonna be lethal weapon. I had this like mm. weird feeling. But the other two feelings was like evil dead and back to the future. Oh, and man, all
2: of us were way off.
1: But yeah. like Evil Dead was like this This feeling, be, I think... I only had this feeling because it's been on since the beginning. Yeah, there's a couple that have, but for me, I find it interesting
2: listening to that list. It's been so long since we've gotten to it because it was five Indiana Jones movies and then running through all those other movies that I completely forgot what was on there. Yeah. So,
1: yeah,
2: Matrix is going to be so, fun. I guess, I to, I
1: guess, I guess Chris, fun. I want to ask your... Ask you a question.
0: I think I know what you're gonna ask.
1: What do you think I'm gonna ask?
0: About the animated matrix stuff? No,
1: no, we're not gonna watch that. I'll watch it on my own if I want to. Yeah, and
0: you will report on it. I expect uh, I, I mean,
1: expect I'm just
3: 15-page
0: gonna... essay on it.
1: Truthfully, I'm only reporting on one specific animatrix episode or uh, s- s- short, which yes. is um, second, uh, second, whatever it's called. The one that literally just outlines the machine human war.
3: Mm.
1: Anyway. Um no, what I was going to say was since uh the Matrix series is so short, it's only three movies, do we want to do two back to back series? That's a fresh of boob, buddy. Only three movies, so that's why it's the only reason I'm asking. And because actually the vast majority of these, except for Middle Earth, Parts of the Caribbean and Fast and Furious are only three movies. Oh, and I well, guess Wizarding World. That's the
2: thing about the, the series, wheel that I've also been kind of interested in, too, is that we've had more medium to long movies than anything. Yes. Uh, we haven't really had a short series. So it's either, do you want a series right away or we're going to get to a series faster than we normally would. Because it's three movies.
1: Yeah.
2: It's so. Uh,
1: so do we want to? I'm
2: tempted to go straight into another series. That's a tempting well, we have, proposition. We have three episodes to decide.
1: Yeah. It's
2: um. Not have to say anything right now, but I do find that interesting.
1: So uh, I'm only. I mean, the only one I'm really, like I said, the only one I'm really interested in is like talking about second renaissance just because it gives a, a lot of really 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 good backstory into what happened in like the actual like pre-story of the matrix and it kind of helps explain the background of like what's going on with the machines why is it the why are they the way they are why you know this that and that
2: uh and they help understanding things that may be Complicated in the other movies, but
3: to me yeah. it was. I, so I think it a it's more
1: mind. important than anything with specifically revolutions. Just because revolutions is so lore such a lore dump to begin with, and like it stops being about. Um, a lot of it stops being about like this and that, and it's more about the the war than anything. See, I have, like.
2: I'm going to make my arguments about it when we get to that third movie, but I have an interesting take on it. Yeah.
1: Um. I mean, it depends on when you guys want me to talk about it. I'm probably going to rewatch it, anyways.
2: Like, anyway. Well, oh, I, I mean, the animatrix came out in between. Did it came out before or after the second movie?
1: 2003. So. Um. So it came out after revolutions after the third movie well actually the same year as the third movie so revolutions came out november 5 2003 animatrix was released okay so it came out like six months before revolutions
2: Wait, It came out between them okay and that's what, then i would probably then you can either talk about it um in the second one or the third one whichever one you feel
1: but also reloaded be- i think was released in may of that same year
2: so then you then you could probably go before the third movie then i would think because that's when the people got it they watched the second movie and then they got the animatrix
1: yeah because god that's so stupid i'm just thinking sorry i'm just thinking about this now we got the matrix in 99 then we got reloaded animatrix and revolutions in the same year yeah,
2: that's because Lord of the Rings set the trend for people making more than one movie at once, and they did that with other movies too. And then it set the tril that set the trend for making the last two movies of a trilogy at the same time. Oh, Back to the Future made both of their two movies at the same time. It's a thing. It's a common thing. Yeah, why they put them out in the same year had and months apart had to do with a people who had been waiting for the sequels for a long time. And B, I think the studio knew that these movies were convoluted and weird as hell, not great. And C, because the story was half a story.
1: Yeah, that's
2: true. You're basically getting Ooh. a
1: whole anyways,
2: um the first movie for sure, and I think the second one's okay, and the third one is the one I need the most time with because I don't know, something happened the last time I watched it. I just did not get to the third one. I just did not hop that bridge.
1: It just was you like know, I'm so good to watch. I um so yeah, we can talk about Anna Matrix at some point between then. It's not gonna be a main big thing, but we can do kind of whatever. I'm
2: gonna watch it too. I just don't think a whole episode
1: is needed for it. No, 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 we don't need a whole episode. We can talk about it in between whatever. Also, it's kind of ironic because uh, the Matrix Four was kind of showing up in, in the news again. Like, yeah, me too.
0: Common. I was gonna ask, like, I was about to ask too, like, if we land on, see, like, oh man, it's like, so many of these are st- like, there are a few of these that are still going, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like Fast and Furious or the DCEU or the Matrix, apparently, um. And, and so, yeah, it's like, where do, it's like, it's weird that we land, that we, I think this is like the first one that we've landed on that isn't ongoing,
2: well, that then, is ongoing, that is ongoing.
0: <laughs> well, then that
2: begs the question, do you want a backburner? We take off all the ongoing ones and we put them on back burners. Except but for then the, all the
0: fun and interesting ones are going to be taken off. I was going to say not the DCEU because that is forever going to be ongoing. That's I'm just... keeping Fast and Furious on this, so I say scrap the idea entirely. Okay, fair
2: enough, because I forgot about that too.
0: <laughs> so
2: I yeah, can, there
1: you go. forgot that The Matrix 4 is only one of the Wachowski siblings. That's interesting. Siblings. Yeah, it's just Lana. Siblings.
0: Siblings. I'm so used to saying brothers. I'm sorry.
1: Technically, it's sisters now.
0: Do they say sisters? Yeah, they're both they're uh,
1: transgender now. Lana I, and Lily Wachowski.
0: Okay, all right. I just got to We're about to do the the Normally, Andrew and Larry. Well, we're, we're gonna.
1: gonna start, you know, I gotta start
0: saying, gonna... saying. I gotta start saying siblings yeah. I'm so used to saying brothers.
1: By, it's yeah, just by, gonna, by, gonna be that. honestly. Here's the thing. It's just gonna be easier to call them the sibling, the Wachowski siblings. Um and Wikowski? Wachowski? I don't know how to pronounce the last name. It's, it's Wachowski. Wachowski name.
2: And I'm just, I'll bone up on my pronouns <laughs> and what they re- and see how they identify and then go for it's,
1: that. I think it's yeah. I think they're both women. Um I'm just gonna say siblings. No
0: no no I'm not, okay, no, I'm not how saying, dare like, you, Zach the goal. Uh you're no, canceling. Like, I'm not
3: saying you canceled.
0: I'm not saying I'm big know, at it. Right? I'm just like I've played Enter, like I've played Enter the Matrix so many times, and weirdly enough, I've seen Matrix of Illusions way too many times than I really should have. But like, I, but I'm so used to seeing and hearing Wachowski brothers,
3: That's so their I got
0: like, play, like you know, that's, that's why posing that name as
2: a media thing. That's PR being like you're the Wachowski brothers, not being like. Lana and who and separate names for the Matrix, they came out and started going we are the Wachowski brothers. They did that. So now you're confused because of a decision they made for their, you know, yeah. image. It's like okay. when Prince starts to change his name to a symbol, they're like, Okay, you don't have that right. Like, we know you as Prince. If your name is the Arden's formerly known as Prince, you're the fucking Prince.
1: I'd also like to point out that Lana Fulatren transitioned in 2007 i think or 8
0: that's so like, when the third movie came out right no that's when speed
1: racer came out
2: ah no the third movie came out in the same year as the second 2003 Both all, ah. the, all the two movies and the animatrix all came out in the same year and the video game
1: yeah
0: both video games He's looking it up. He doesn't believe us. No, oh, no, no, no. I'm not. No, no, no. I, I wasn't. I'm not googling it. I just typed Speed Racer into the Curiosity backlog. Oh, dude, if you really yeah, want this to, though, so I have seen it. It's just been a really long time.
2: It's,
1: I remember being my, like, it, okay, like, put it on the bad movie list where it belongs.
0: I don't know. If, like, but here's the thing. Like, I've heard it's good and it's bad, it's, and no, I just don't it. know.
1: It's, it's bad.
0: So I'm it's, putting it on the Curiosity it, wheel because I it, don't know. Chris, I'm with
2: you. I think it's curiosity. Here's why. I've never seen it fully, but I agree with you, Zach. Every time I've tried to start watching it, I have never liked it. So when people tell me they love it and they think it's great, I've never understood why, outside of them being like, it, we love anime and we love that kind of editing and we love that kind of Zoom camera work and we love that kind of style, and that's what this movie
1: is. It's also that's based on talking. an anime and a manga series. Well my point is is that like there's
2: there's modern day uh, there's modern day anime um stylistic choices applied to that that were not existent when the show existed. And that's what people were excited about. At least that's what the argument I heard the most when I was hearing it. And I've still yet to have ever been able to sit through Speed Racer. It's just I agree with you, Zach, but I agree with you, Chris. I wanna go through it all the way and see if maybe my mind can change, but yet to have happened.
0: Oh. What, if we, what if it becomes, like, another like in this situation, like, it becomes another, like, ready-to-rumble where you have to stop, like, what, three times you finish that movie? Chris, Chris. I mean, the choices of that movie
2: probably wouldn't get to me. It's, like, the way that the movie I watched today did, Making Contact, but I would <laughs> think it's the look of the movie. I just can't. It looks too green-screeny. That's way too much of a green-screeny movie to me.
1: Here, oh god, and then and then the fact that like Matthew Fox is so it just, oh god, oh god, he's in the movie. Yes, Matthew. I know Fox John be, Goodman's in it. John Goodman, yeah. Matthew Fox, um uh, I mean, Christina Ricci's in it. Ariel Winter's in it. Um, Emil Hirsch is the lead. Yeah, uh, I like, like the cast is good. Don't get me wrong, the cast actually has talent. It's just they're all stale.
2: There's a uh, again, they're all acting in a room full of green walls, so yeah, they just they didn't know how to do it better two years later. And I, I don't, I don't know. I the look of that movie is never, never spoken to me. Yes, curiosity for sure because I've never seen it all the way through, and I would like to give it a solid one hundred ten percent chance. But that is going to be in what four weeks,
1: maybe, possibly longer.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but first, we gotta watch one of the greatest movies from one of the greatest years of movies in general. It's the Metrol.
3: So, oh, oh,
1: not, I don't
3: know why. oh man, I thought of a I, great I one actually, for
1: the I actually have a Curiosity Wheel movie that I want to suggest, and oh. there's there's a funny personal story behind it. About how what happened when I first saw it?
2: <laughs> Is it Fargo?
1: No, it's not Fargo.
2: What's the movie? Nine. Oh, the animated Nine? one?
1: Yeah. Hmm.
2: Elijah oh, Wood? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh my
0: yeah. god, yes.
1: Uh yes. but the yes. funny yes. Yes. funny story behind that movie is that the first time I ever watched that movie Alex, this is like a story I just think tell on the air. So. Oh wait a minute. This is a not on the air story to tell. So <laughs>
2: Is this the movie you got your first enema to?
1: Mm, kinda. We'll explain later. <laughs> uh, see, I
2: wanted to not make it sexual, but kind of bring up the idea of sexuality. And it sounds like it was sexual. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Sweet. So I mean, <laughs> I mean what like it seems like a boring enough movie to have things happen
1: in. So there you go. So so I Chris, let's let's end this and I can tell this story.
0: <laughs> okay. So Next series, everyone. Next week, mm-hmm. a one of the greatest films ever made. Yeah, in yeah. the Library of Congress, right as we speak. The Matrix. Yes.
1: Yep.
0: Anyway, so start. Zach,
3: they, they just leave the Matrix. Them goodbye, them
0: everyone. Right? Say goodbye, guys.
2: Bye. Bye, uh, Zach. So, like, do they raise the bag when you give you the anima? Do they clean the movie
3: seats afterwards? Or? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Turn uh, it.